Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Coffin Corner Podcast. I'm your host. What's my name? Good night, punk. Good night, punk. I'm your host. Good night, punk. And with me, we're back. Is my friend Richie? Richie, what's going on? Not too much. Uh, what's your name? I, I don't I remember. Too. I forgot for it's, a second. It's been like two weeks. It's not like you've gone by Goodnight Punk since you were like fifteen or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that name should be burned into my memory from my entire life, but it somehow. We play Apex with people who only call you Goodnight Punk. I know it's weird. Well, that's not weird. It's weird that I would. Find... <laughs> What's up, buddy? How you, how you doing? Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we were able to record, but it's good to be back. Well, I missed it last week. Right, dude. There was for one thing only, and I made it as one of the main topics for this show. One thing only happened bef- like three or four days before we would have podcasted last week. That I was like, oh, we got to talk about this. With uh, Brian Robinson. I was like, yes. oh, we had to wait a couple of weeks to talk about that? Oh, well, that, yeah. that's, that'll be fun. It's, it's kind of nice that we we were able to wait, though, because there's been a lot more information that's come out. And, and we'll get into it later. But it's, uh, you know, it, when when the first news first broke, it was like such a tragedy. But luckily, it's he's he's been very lucky. So, yeah, you know. for sure. Okay. What an, I remember when you texted me. I'm like. What is this guy on? What is he talking about? <laughs> Just making stuff up. Yeah, believe me, when I read that on Twitter, I was like, man, being a Commanders fan is just so fun. After Sean Taylor and now Brian Robinson, it's like, gotta love seeing our young players just getting shot, I guess. Dude, I have this, like, fear of... I want to see Washington, D.C. one day, but, like, every bad story I ever hear is like... <laughs> In Washington D.C. today, D.C.'s got all like the the like scary stories. Florida's got all the weird Florida man stories. Like yes. the East Coast is just a weird place. Yeah, I I've been to D.C. I I went there. Um, actually walked around the the White House and and everything. And and it, you know it wasn't very scary, but of course it was the middle of the day. Um, and I don't think the area around the White House is necessarily the scariest part i'm sure there are worse areas so i was lucky well uh, depends yeah, on the day I, that's the way yeah that's true if it's january 6th um, yeah depending on on the day um when i went to new york though i'll, I'll be honest that's i've been there once and I, I i was like i i don't feel comfortable being here at all like i was in central park and still didn't feel comfortable yeah i did never been to new york so i wouldn't know it's interesting that that's another one of those places i want to go check out I don't want. To, I wouldn't want to live there, but it's definitely a place I want to visit. God, no! It was so loud all the time. <laughs> it would be like living on the ship. Still, you know, you just always got that loud noise in the background. Yeah, there's always some ambient noise going on. <laughs> exactly. Lights never turn off all the way. See, that's, that's that would be perfect for me because I'm telling you, after after every deployment, I laid in my quiet bed of my house and I couldn't sleep because there was no noise. So. <laughs> get used to it eventually again but you know yeah for sure for sure but yeah we've got a lot to go over i'm having missed last week uh we've got to recap the final week of the preseason cuts and some signings and a couple trades yeah there's some crazy stuff going on yeah 
yeah, and we'll recap last night's game and, and get ready for Sunday, week one. Can't wait. I like it. Let's do it. Um, starting off at the top to our top five that we always do here in the introduction. Um, as many people did in the last two weeks, uh, fantasy drafts. Got to get ready for that week one of the pre- or the, the actual season. Thank God the preseason's over. But that week one of the season is here, so everyone's done their drafts. And the top five I decided on this week was top five players you drafted in fantasy football that weren't really even on your radar. And I got some I like weird it. ones. Like, but I looked at them, and I'm like, I think that's a good pick, even though I did not even think about you. So Yeah, I uh, this was – both hard and difficult because there were there was one name that immediately made the list. He's my number one, so we'll get there. And then the rest of them were a little more difficult. I had to look at my rosters and and see, and they're not guys that I necessarily have on multiple teams. Mm-hmm. They're just guys that I either didn't want to draft in the moment or I drafted because I talked myself into it in the moment. Yeah, uh, but they yeah. were not anyone that I went into the draft thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to target this guy. Well... The, we'll start with five, both of our fives. Um, and this one is kind of a no-brainer, but also not someone that was on my radar because I really didn't want him. But when you're drafting third in the draft and Chris McCa- Christian McCaffrey is supposed to go second and someone doesn't pick him because of his injury history and he's right there at three, Christian McCaffrey, that would be my number five because I have him on two teams. And I didn't draft higher than third. So I got him with a fifth pick and I got him with a third pick on two of my teams. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a tough one to pass up. I know what you mean. Uh, who who went ahead of him when you picked fifth, if you remember? I'm, I'm just curious. The fifth one was, it was two receivers and two halfbacks. So I think it was Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, uh and whoever the top two wide receivers Cup are. Cup and Jefferson, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Was Cup on the board when you took McCaffrey third? Yes. But here's the thing. I don't like taking receivers in the first round. Like, ever. I always take a halfback in the first round because halfbacks are, as far as points go, especially if you're in a league where there's two running backs, two wide receivers, if you don't get good halfbacks, then you're probably not going to do well. So I always draft a halfback in the first round. No, I agree. I like to I like to get my halfbacks early. I know I've gone receiver receiver before and, and just blew up in my face. But after watching, I mean, first of all, after last year, Cup, I mean, was a beast. And then after oh, seeing last sure. night, it's like, damn, he might just do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I would have I would have probably gone Cup over McCaffrey. I have zero faith in Christian McCaffrey to stay healthy this year. He's already on the injury report with a shin injury. Like I, but I but I get it. I know you know when he's ranked. Number two, and, and he's on the board. It's it's tough to pass him up, man. I've been there. Especially if you end up having no halfbacks and he actually doesn't get injured. And then you're kicking yourself the entire time. So, yeah, but when you're picking early and then you pick at the end of the second, beginning of the third, like you can still get two good halfbacks there, whether, you know, Javante Williams, James Conner type thing. Um, true, true. I don't know. That's, I just – I. So I'm over McCaffrey. Tell. Yes, you yeah. can tell that was an odd one for me. Yeah, I'm just I'm 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 out on McCaffrey just as a whole. I I just don't 
I don't think he's going to be the guy he was in 2019 ever again. Well, you'll be happy to know but, that the, my second round pick, I had a chance at Barkley to be the second guy with him, and I didn't take Barkley because that's I'm like, probably for I, the best. I cannot have Christian McCaffrey <laughs> and uh, Saquon Barkley on the same team. Yeah, one or the other. I'm but like, you can't have both. <laughs> I can do one. I can do the other. But I sure as hell am not doing both. So. All right. Well, my number five, uh, Mike Gusecki, tight end. Um, it's it's nothing against Mike Gusecki. It's more of they added Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. I don't uh, really have that much faith in Tua yet. Still waiting to see if he can develop more. So taking the third option as my starting tight end, I wasn't happy with. But I got it was the point in the draft where all the tight ends already went and. Kind of got stuck with him. He was the next available tight end. So I went with it. But I've had Gasecki on teams in the past, and he's always just underwhelmed. But you know what they say? He was, was the next one up. And I, instead of waiting even longer and ending up with Brevin Jordan or somebody like that, I just said, oh, screw God. it, I'll take Gasecki. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing with Gasecki is he's always – I've had him on teams in the past, right? And it's always been – and there's been different quarterbacks, not always two uh, when I've had him. He nope. can either – have the best game ever or the worst game ever there's never he's not like a guy that's gonna get five catches for 60 yards every game it's either he goes off or he does nothing that's how he works yeah he's not consistent and with so many other mouths to feed now in miami i'm like the dude's probably gonna get like two catches a game and i'm just hoping one's a touchdown honestly so yeah and and then I, you know, of course after I drafted him, I was reading and apparently they were looking to trade him in the off season, which I didn't know when I drafted him. So now I hate that pick even more. But it's beautiful, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we'll go with my number four is Chase Claypool, wide receiver from Pittsburgh, which is uh, I could got him in the late, like mid rounds. So like I think it was like rounds eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there, which is. I'd say a pretty good value for a guy that is supposed to be the number one on his team. Is he? I thought Deontay Johnson was the number one. Oh, it's Deontay. Yeah, so he's the number two guy. And then George yeah. Pickens is third. Yes. So, yeah. he's the, He can either be – that can either be a great pick or a terrible pick, if depending on what Pickens does. But I bet he still gets targets anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I – I think he's still going to get targets. Um, I mean, the number twos, especially in Pittsburgh's offense, have always done well. I remember when, like, Antonio Brown was the number two behind a guy whose name I can't remember right now. But I think Claypool – I think the problem with Claypool is – wasn't he hurt last year or or something? I I thought he had an injury where he missed a couple games last year. Um, And then, of course, George Pickens breathing down his neck, so it's going to be like – yeah. That's he'll be either be point. on my team the entire year or he'll be one of those early drops. Yes. Well, and especially with his starting quarterback being your arch nemesis, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> tough for you to have to root I for think Trubisky. I picked him assuming <laughs> at some point Kenny Pickett and him were going to fall in love. <laughs> Probably. Uh, my number four, another tight end, uh, Irv Smith Jr. So this is in a 16-team league. I waited on tight end again because, <laughs> you know, I either took one early or I, I waited till the very end. And I ended up with him. I wanted to take um, Evan Ingram, and he went like two picks before me. So that <laughs> so was, like that was a big bummer. Like, what tight ends are left? 
Well, I like Ingram this year, so I was I was kind of like, all right, if I can get Ingram and maybe he breaks out, I'll be like, all right, cool. I waited, but I still got a guy I like. Well, then of course he goes, and literally it was like, well, Irv Smith is is the only name I recognize at this point. And I remember last year before he got hurt, he was kind of a breakout candidate. So I guess I'm just hoping that he continues to that this year. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see, but uh, not not. Again, just wasn't targeting him, wasn't planning on taking him. And unfortunately, he's on my team and there's no one else to pick up. <laughs> yeah, 16 team leagues are, will do that to you. Dude, that's tough. Yeah. Um, uh, my third is a half, another halfback, Melvin Gordon the third. Knowing full well that uh, Javante Williams is the starter in Denver... I didn't think that Melvin Gordon would be on my radar, but when I got to the point where I there were no, I had like two halfbacks on my team, and I needed, I wanted two more at least, and I was looking at people that were contributors last year. Um, Melvin Gordon had a lot of yards last year, and I think yep. Javante was Javante hurt a few games. That might have been. No, but Javante, as a rookie, didn't start and That's didn't what it get was. a lot of carries to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, he got most of his work as the season went on. So, yeah, his regular season last year, 900 yards and eight touchdowns, right? And on 200 touches. And I think that what I saw for Javante was like 120 touches or something like that for his first year. So... If they switch, if Melvin Gordon could just get those touches that Javante had last year, then he's still going to be fine, I think. Yeah, I actually, I, do know I just they looked it up. That... They literally both had 203 attempts last year. Oh, that's crazy. Javante had 903 yards to the Melvin Ingram's 900 and whatever. So, well, they've said that Melvin Gordon's still going to get a lot of goal line carries. So, I mean, he's still at the very least maybe get you another eight to ten touchdowns. So, mm-hmm. no, I think that's not a bad... So, was he your, your third then? Yeah, he's when the you got third. Him or four? He's the third, third on that team. Yeah, that's not bad. So, not he bad. Won't, probably won't be playing until someone's on a bye. Right. Yeah, not going to put him in your in your flex for sure. No. Uh, my third, uh, another tight end. I uh, just went with all, all three tight ends to start. Uh, Kyle Pitts, which... The, the reason he's on the list is because I didn't plan on taking a tight end that early. Mm-hmm. I think I, I have him in like three leagues too, which which is crazy. But it just ended up being like I, I'd go usually three running backs, sometimes, you know, throw a wide receiver in there in the first three rounds. And then in round four, he would just be sitting there and he'd be ranked higher than everybody else. And I'm like, you know what? This is This is a good point to take him. I think... If I remember correctly, he was on the ranking I was using. He was like 37, 38. So he was like ranked as an early fourth rounder. Mm -hmm. So I figured, why the hell not? Um, But yeah, I did that in three leagues, which I don't like to go tight end early. I'm usually like, in most of my leagues, I was targeting guys like Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard, like in round eight or nine. But then I ended up going either early with Kyle Pitts or super late with (laughs) Smith and Mike (laughs) Gusecki. Right. No, I like Kyle Pitts. I had him his rookie year in my other sleeper league. And, of course, Matt Ryan was there to throw to him instead of Marcus Mariota. But I think he's good enough that he's going to be the guy that gets a lot of the targets anyway with the yeah with the, that team and that group. So 
Well, and he's, I mean, yeah, he's their, their best wide receiver option. He's their best position player. I mean, even better than the running back. So I think yeah, exactly. he's still getting a lot of usage. Exactly. I agree completely. Um, so my next up, number two. Didn't really think about this guy, but I've heard all the stories about him, and he was just sitting there, so I took him, and I'm actually pretty excited about it, especially since a lot of people think Zeke is going to fall off, and this guy's just going to step into his role, and that's Tony Pollard from the Dallas Cowboys, the running back. So he was taken as my either a third or a fourth running back for me, which I find when I got him, I was freaking stoked because of the fact that I feel like he could end up being a number one, depending on what Zeke does this year. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a that's a good pick. I always, when I take my, my third running back, I'm always trying to find a starter, and but there's not always one left. Mm. But taking a guy like Pollard who, yeah, I've, I've read the same stuff. Like Zeke is his, his big contract, so, you know, they want to cut him after this year, and he's he's just getting older and getting worn down. Uh, so, you know, if, if they end up turning the job over to Pollard by midseason, it's like, yeah, all of a sudden you've got a starting halfback in one of the better offenses. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, – I agree. And the best part about that pick is that it was in my keeper league, which is you get to keep – you get to keep three players on your team that you've drafted, um, and you keep them for the round that you drafted in them. So I think I drafted him like seven or eight. So if he ends up becoming the starter next year, keep him for just an eighth round pick and uh, good to go. So yeah, yeah, that's that would be a, a pretty awesome turn of events for you. For sure. Uh, my number two was Darnell Mooney from Chicago, wide receiver. Um, I, I I don't have the the utmost faith in the Bears' offense. It, it looks better than it has. Um, but they still only have, you know, Darnell Mooney. Um, <laughs> He's you know, the guy. Fields. Yeah, like, you know, Cole Komet looks pretty good, but Mooney's, you know, Mooney looks great, though. That's the thing. Like, watching Mooney last year, watching the preseason, he looks awesome. He's he's a great receiver. If Justin Fields can take that step, then, yeah, Mooney should be, you know, have a good year. But I took him as, like, my number one receiver in, in two or three leagues because I went running back early, and then, like I said, I, I took Pitts in the fourth round. So then coming back in the fifth round to take my number one receiver, he was the best one there. So <laughs> You're like, I ended up with him, one. I think. I'm yeah, I think I got him in like in two, maybe three leagues as my number one receiver, which is that's a little concerning um, because I, I mean, I do think he's he's a good receiver and should have a good year. But I don't think he's going to, you know, finish top 12 at the position and, and give me the value of a number one receiver. So. Right. We'll see. Um, this is my number one guy, and I think I have him in three different leagues. Um, he's not my starter, but I feel like he could become the starter because some of my starting tight ends I'm not even completely sure on. So, because like you, I didn't take a lot of tight ends till later on. So finding the – taking tight, tight ends with the, like one round between them, just trying to get something that might – turn into something uh i got albert i don't even know how to say this guy's name and i will butcher it but i'm going to try anyway albert akwig bonum 
So first off, it's <laughs> it's spelled with an O at the beginning because his nickname is Albert O. Is it? What? Yes. I copied this. I swear I copied this right off the... All right. Well, anyways, Albert O, which makes a lot of sense why they wouldn't even try to say his last name. <laughs> anyways, he's he was doing well last year. I remember that. But that was with um, Teddy Bridgewater. So now they got Russell Wilson and Noah Font went to Seattle for Russell Wilson, which puts Albert... Oh, as the number one tight end in Denver. And so if we're to, I'm hoping that uh, Wilson continues to help him to break out. And if he is as good as he people think he is, then you got a quarterback that can do it. So I like him. You know, the only thing that worries me about Albert O is that Russell Wilson doesn't really use the tight end position that much like i can't think of a tight end in seattle that ever had a good fantasy season well the only one they ever had that i know the name of is the one that was on the was he on the saints to start and then he went to the then he went to the packers then he went to the seattle what was that guy's name no uh jimmy graham they they had jimmy graham yeah i got traded to them for i think two two seasons maybe three yeah and he didn't have uh, but he even then like that. i don't remember him he didn't do anything having that that's why year. yeah that's why what you're saying makes sense i was agreeing saying you know yeah. when you have jimmy graham on your team and nobody remembers that half the time that's kind of weird so yeah so but no i i i think albert o is extremely talented um watching him last year like you said with teddy bridgewater i just worry about russell wilson using him um but uh We'll see. Maybe. Well, hopefully maybe this the, offense. The offense in Denver is different. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully the offense under this new new coordinator for him is, will uh, make him shine a little more. Because I honestly felt when the trade happened, like this may be a hot take. I didn't feel like the last few years for Russell Wilson were any – they were average, you know. Everyone talks about him being this great quarterback. And, yes, he is. But he didn't – that was the beginning of his career. Towards the end in Seattle, I was like, I wouldn't touch that guy in fantasy with a 10-foot pole. Well, I remember he started out, I don't think it was last year, I think it might have been 2020, as like an MVP favorite for the first couple weeks. Like he was, his stats were ridiculous. But then he kind of faded out over the second half of the year. And then, of course, last year got hurt. And before he got DK Metcalf, he couldn't throw it farther than like 20 yards down the field, it seemed like. Yeah, I don't know. I still think Russ is is gonna have a, a good season. I it worries me because I actually took Javante Williams in multiple leagues, and my my hope is that the offense is putting up enough points and yards to so that everybody's happy. Otherwise, it's like, well, if Russ is gonna throw for four or five thousand yards, then Javante Williams is gonna rush for nine hundred. Like I want, <laughs> and Mel I kind of want the Broncos gonna get five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I I want the Broncos to have like a a huge year, and and I, I think Russ has still got it in him, and I think he's. he's I agree I read completely. The story. I think that he got out of there at the right time. He's still in his prime. He's going yeah. somewhere. He can try something new under a different type of offense. Someone that's really going to do their best to make the offense work around him and what he does good. So there's a great story on ESPN talking about like how the relationship with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks fell apart. 
And, like, you can really tell, like, it was because he didn't feel like his input was valued when it came to running the offense and personnel decisions. So, I think if they kind of let him get a little more freedom when it comes to play calling and stuff, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a Broncos fan, but I would, I am hoping that they have a, a huge season because I'm invested in their offense, whether it be Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, Russell Wilson. Like, I've got little pieces of them all over the place. Yep, for sure. But uh, my number one player uh, that I wasn't on my radar, somebody that wasn't on my radar at all, and then ended up being my like fifth receiver in four leagues. I have him in several as well. (laughs) I have him in several as well. He's Mr. Kenny Galladay. People are so down on him after last year, just not doing anything. Out, yeah. I, I, and I get it. I mean, he was hurt, so he's kind of disappeared from people's minds mm-hmm. but everyone's all about you know oh Kadarius Tony who also didn't do much last year yeah. or Wandale Robinson the rookie like guys Galladay's still their best receiver mm-hmm. when he's healthy they're paying him a ton of money who is Eli Manning gonna throw the ball up to when he's under pressure is he gonna throw it Daniel up to Jones or Daniel Jones <laughs> um like it's it, it's yeah I I'm I was I was bewildering to me that he was available in every league when I'm looking at like my fifth receiver. I'm like, Oh, who should he I take? He was all oh. late rounds. Every league. Extremely late. Yeah. I I kept putting him in my queue. I'm just praying that he drops to me because I'm like, why is he available in this round? This makes no sense. Like I know yeah, he didn't do was... well last year, but I've seen other giants receivers already go and Galladay is still here. That makes no sense to me. Well, and they've got a new head coach. They plan on passing a lot more, so mm-hmm. there should be a lot more opportunity. And again, if he's healthy and, and he plays 17 games, I think he's going to have a great year. And when Barkley so. inevitably goes down, then you know <laughs> they're going to have to throw a lot more. So Yes, they're going to have to throw. But yeah, so Kenny Galladay, I think, is on four of my teams, which is by far the most of the same guy I have. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was not... I was not considering taking a giant at all, much less one of their receivers. So yeah, for sure. Well, got a lo- Galladay in. That's the way to go. Yes, <laughs> I got to name one of my teams that now. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> good. Um. Awesome. So let's move right into uh the big week three preseason cuts and signings because that week three was the final roster cuts where everyone dropped down from I think it was. 75 to 53 was the final roster cut. So there were a lot of people cut. Uh, I'm go- I was running through the like tra- transaction wire for the NFL from their website looking at this. And, geez, the amount of practice squad players that were signed in the same amount of time as free agents were being signed made it really hard to find anyone that I knew that was actually worth talking about being signed. So many players cut. I, I I just cannot imagine being an NFL player on the bubble every year and just having to worry about that type of thing. It's crazy to me. But we, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There were some big cuts though, so let's let's start with those. The first one that caught my eye: Josh Gordon from the Chiefs, thirty-one-year-old receiver, guy that just never immense amount of talent. After only a few years in, on the Browns that were good, cut short, no, no consecutive years because of all the uh, the weed 
problems. But yeah, 31 cut from the Chiefs had a decent, decent showing for the Chiefs last year. People thought he was really going to do something this year, but gone. So, yeah, I'm honestly surprised that he's still a thing at this point in his career. Like, if you look at his stats, and I pulled this up because I just want to be sure, um, he had one great season, mm-hmm. 2013, uh, one pretty good season in 2012, and then hasn't done anything since. And granted, he was out of football for, like, what, three, a four long years? Time, yeah. yeah, so, but the fact that you're talking about a guy that had one and a half good seasons, let's say, um, ten years ago, and yet it's still news every time he gets signed to be a fifth receiver on a team. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. I'll say this. It didn't make the news, and he's not even listed on their depth chart, but he did sign after being cut with the Tennessee Titans. So, the news, the news part that you just talked about is, (laughs) is pretty much gone. So. Well, that's good. Because I, I, I haven't considered Josh Gordon a, a good receiver since he first tried to come back to the league and didn't do anything. Oh, he's on and their then, practice squad. That's why he's not on the depth. Oh, uh, that's why it's not. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. It's, yeah. Well, like, I mean, I'm looking at like he played for the Patriots three years ago. I forgot that. I thought he was on the Seahawks. But yeah, it's just I, I'm I don't know. I, it's crazy to me. Like that guy is still getting opportunities in the NFL based off of one good season when we were just talking about how many players get cut every season that are, you know, fresh out of college, young guys, you know, that deserve a chance. But no, let's give this 31-year-old more opportunities because he had one good year nine years ago. I'll just cover the other wide receivers I have on this list real quick then. Laquan Treadwell, off the Jaguars. No shot without Urban Meyer there. Like, Urban Meyer was thrown to him. Uh, fell out of favor quickly with the new coach, and he's gone. Preston Williams, wide receiver for the Dolphins. Awesome receiver. I love that dude. I loved having him in fantasy because when he played with Devontae Parker, opposite Devontae Parker, always got catches because Devontae Parker would pull people and get him off of him. Yep. They just had nowhere for him with the Tyreek Hill and all those people that they've signed. So, um, Yeah. Those are two young names right there where it's like I would if I were a well, if I were a Lions fan as a Lions fan if we were signing a wide receiver that was cut I would want one of those two not Josh Gordon. Right. And like the fact that Josh Gordon is on someone's practice squad right now at 31 and I, like <laughs> yeah like cuz Washington I got to look it up cuz I don't think he's on a practice squad anywhere. Washington cut Kelvin Harmon, who was like, I I think is an immensely talented receiver who unfortunately has just dealt with injuries since he got drafted. And I don't think he got signed anywhere. Nope. Um, Doesn't look like it. Yeah. Looking at it. Yeah. So you're telling me Josh Gordon deserves a spot on the Titans practice squad and, and Kelvin Harmon doesn't like, that's just dumb, man. I I hate that. That's (laughs) like, I like Kelvin Harmon to be honest. Where did, why did I love Kelvin Harmon, man? He just he's he was drafted by the previous coach Gruden. Oh, he missed a whole year with an ACL injury, and honestly, Gruden? our wide receiver room is just yeah. Gruden drafted Harmon to the Commanders. Well, to the Redskins. <laughs> what Jay Gruden? 
Yes, Jay Gruden, not John Gruden. Yeah, like, Jay Gruden. When the hell was John Gruden <laughs> on the Commanders? I just remember Jay yes. Gruden was there. Okay, now I... Okay. Yes, yeah. I Jay was Gruden. so the confused other, for a second. The other Gruden. Um, but yeah, I just... So, like, talking about, like, cuts... And, and it is it is a notable one because, obviously... I mean, people know the name Josh Gordon. But just the fact that he's on a practice squad is, is so annoying to me. That dude does not deserve to be on a practice squad at this point. Yeah, it's it's odd. And here's another name. Um, T- tied in O.J. Howard. I don't... This is the one guy that, like, with the signing of Rob Gronkowski has been screwed the most. Especially when yeah. Rob Gronkowski isn't a buck anymore. Like, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, they didn't, in my opinion at the time... They didn't need Rob Gronkowski. Now, if you can get Rob Gronkowski, then you take Rob Gronkowski. But they didn't need him. They had two young, awesome tight ends. Well, with Rob going there, it ended up they weren't going to keep them all. So O.J. Howard was out. Now O.J. Howard's just floating around. $3 million contract with the Bills this offseason. And he had a bad preseason and camp, so they cut him. And there he was out there on the waiver wire again. Yeah, I I remember him being really good in Tampa Bay before they got Gronk, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I mean it just that, that's a shame. But uh, spoiler alert, he ended up in Houston, uh, where they desperately needed uh, talent everywhere. So I don't know. I think I think OJ Howard does have a chance. I, I mean I know Brevin Jordan is their starting tight end, and you know he's he's tall. I think he's like a former basketball player. But I think OJ Howard is is far more talented, so I think he's got a chance to to kind of become the the starter in Houston. And and if Davis Mills plays well, maybe he'll have a good year. But yeah, well, just that's crazy. asking a lot. <laughs> well, you know, no, but I'm with leave, you. We'll leave leave the door open for the possibility that Davis Mills does play well. We'll see, but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or he'll be catching passes from C.J. Stroud next year. Yeah, true. Uh. Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle for the Raiders. This one was crazy. 2021 first round pick cut off the Raiders. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, it's, it's funny because if you look at, um, Mike Mayock's draft picks and how they've panned out, it's actually not surprising because he has made terrible draft picks. I'm going to try to look it up, but I know, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Henry Ruggs didn't work out for <laughs> those reasons, but um, let's see here. Uh, they've got uh, Trayvon Mullen was a second rounder. He's now a Cardinal. They just traded him there. Uh, 2020, Henry Ruggs got arrested, and then their other first rounder, Damon Arnett, was cut. 2021, they cut Alex Leatherwood. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you're talking, that's almost as bad as Steve Kimes' early picks that we talked about two weeks ago. Like, those are some pretty terrible early, uh, picks. I'm, I'm missing on, on so many of them. I'm on the Raiders Reddit page, and it's taking a look at Mike <laughs> Mayock's draft history. Cleland Farrell, solid player, not worth the fourth overall, but good depth. No. That's what you want to hear for a fourth pick. Josh Jacobs, which, are, you know, that was a second rounder. All right, that's working out. No, he was a first-rounder. Josh Jacobs was a first-rounder. Was first. he a first-rounder? Yeah. Okay, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, who is now a Cardinal. So um, the other interesting thing about those three first-rounders in 2019, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option on any of them. 
Sounds so a lot all like Kime. Steve Kime, yes. So, yeah, all three of them could potentially be on new teams next year. So, yeah, Mike Mayock, maybe go back to NFL Network. Yep. that's. I'm looking through the rest of the names. The only other name I'd recognize is Hunter Renfro. So, yes. and Brian Edwards. But that guy. And Hunter Renfro was a fifth round pick. So, <laughs> yeah. finding a gem in the late rounds, that's vintage Kime. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's like, listen, I don't want a GM that's like, I can find gyms in the late rounds and suck at the beginning because most people would be okay with sucking at the end and being good at the beginning. But, you know, whatever. Especially Um, when they've had so many early... I mean, they had three first-round picks in 2019 and they may let all of them walk. And they had two first-round picks in 2020 and both of them got cut. Like, that's terrible drafting. Yeah, exactly. They, it was not good for either of them. Um, but spoiler alert, he's in Chicago now because I like. Yeah, I so, like your notes of why not. Yeah, that's I said because why not? It's the Bears. They're they're not. I, they're not. Known their offensive to do line well is year. so bad that I I I loved it when they did it. Like they they need any talent they can get on the offensive line. <laughs> why not take a chance on the guy if he. If you can at least turn him into a a starter, like you don't need to play like live up to the first round hype. But if he's a starter, then cool. They made an improvement. I like it. It's like in Madden. If my if my starting guard is a sixty nine and there's a seventy five out there, hey, he's not great, but he's better. <laughs> he's better. I'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that was interesting. Huge thing there. Uh, your guy QB Josh Rosen of the Browns. Last now, chance gone? Question mark. He, I, I think so. I, I thought he, he could have had a chance if, you know, with with Deshaun Watson suspended. It's like, oh, maybe you know, maybe he'll get a chance to, to start some games and and see what he can do. But uh, yeah, I think at this point he, uh, I think he did end up on their practice squad. Uh, yeah, it does say he's on their practice squad, but. That dude's like, yeah, if you're, if but, you're that bad that you can't breed out Jacoby Brissett, uh, in a, in a training camp battle. I mean, yeah, sorry. Your, your career's done. No one, no one else. It's like Josh Gordon. You're done. Move on. Let somebody else, you know, get a chance, get an opportunity. You've had your opportunities and nothing has come from them. Well, not only that, but they dropped him and then signed two other people's dropped cut quarterbacks they signed joshua (laughs) dobbs and kellen mon from the vikings like they're like sorry rosen we're gonna take these other guys that someone weren't good enough for some other team so yeah we we didn't even have them in camp so we didn't see them practice but we know they're better than you (laughs) yes exactly um running back josh rosen will be a college position coach in three years oh for sure and then he'll be the coach of the cardinals (laughs) (laughs) uh running back philip Lindsay, colts kind of surprising what happened to this dude and i had written the note in here because i was so confused i'm like wasn't this guy on a madden cover at one point and then you said no that was peyton hillis and then i remembered what happened to peyton hillis what's the deal with broncos running backs that with one good year disappearing completely like it's crazy to me. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of surprising what happened to Philip Lindsay. I remember when he he came out. He went to he the was like Texans, a fifth round right? pick after the yeah. 
Didn't he he went to the there. Texans, signed there, and then they ended up trading for David Johnson, so he just got screwed, and and now he's just kind of I don't even, I don't know where he is now, but yeah, just from from a guy who was like a breakout running back in his home team, like he was from Denver, so I remember that story, and then now he's just gone, and yeah, very. Very quick turnaround. I mean, running backs always have that, though. Running backs have, like, the shortest careers, it seems like. Right? Yeah, it's weird. I just saw that name, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to see that guy again. But Probably not. Well, you never know. People get hurt. So, two teams. I'm going to run these back-to-back just because I thought this was crazy. Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion, both very young quarterbacks for the Vikings, gone. Now Nick Mullins, yeah, Nick Mullins. That if you're like me, you have no idea who that is. So that's their backup now. Nick Mullins. He was uh he filled in for the 49ers a couple seasons ago. Ah, uh, okay, that's why the yeah. name seemed familiar. But yeah, everyone like got all excited because he played well for like two or three games, but then he faded away back to his backup status. Yeah, you know who did really well for two or three games? Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. And, uh, and didn't, um, didn't pan out either. uh, crap, the Eagles quarterback, Kevin Cobb. Oh, yeah, Kevin Cobb. A couple good, good games, gets traded to Arizona, and does crap. Do you know who Kevin Cobb always reminds me of the Cardinals? Just on, like, off, off, off topic here. He always reminded me of, uh, what's the movie with, uh, not Nicolas Cage, the other guy, Neo. Oh, oh, the replacements. Yes, the um, replacements. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that character. That's what Kevin Cobb always reminded me of. Is the guy from the replacements. Oh, really? I don't know why. I think it was the hair and the just the. I'm like, oh, huh. well, we got a guy to replace all those crappy quarterbacks that we had, but nothing happened. I don't, I don't, rem- I don't remember what Kevin Cobb looks like to be honest. So I, I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that was interesting that those two got dropped, but also the more interesting one here, okay? Because I've looked it up. I've looked everywhere trying to find what is going on with the Cowboys. The Cowboys dropped both Cooper Rush and Will Greyer, both of their backups. Cooper Rush is on the practice squad. They got him back. They don't have a second quarterback on their active roster. Uh, Yeah. I'm um, like, uh, Dak, hello? He's been hurt in the past. I don't think it's smart for you to be running around with no second quarterback. I I wonder if they'll do the thing where it's like on game day they'll promote. A Can you bring someone up roster. on the day that day? Because I thought they had yeah, to be on the injury report on Wednesday. No, I'm pretty sure you can act. You can you can bring them because like they have the emergency third quarterback, mm-hmm. um, which is I think that's separate from the game day roster even. So. I don't know. I don't think they're going to go into Sunday night football with one quarterback. I wouldn't I, think I, they'll so. Do That's what's something. confusing to me. I'm like, yeah. what is going on here? Yeah. Bold they've strategy, Captain. Something. Bold Unless strategy. they've got a receiver. Bold strategy, Captain. I switched the letters. Bold <laughs> strategy, Captain. I like I it better that way. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, maybe they've got a receiver or defensive back who can play quarterback, and they're like, oh, that's good enough. But I just nah. I, they'll do something. I think they're just being, they're just being weird because they're the Cowboys. They're like we can stupid. stay in the news for a few days. Yeah, like we want to make sure we can carry this this extra 
backup defensive end so no other team can take him. It's like no one wants your your shitty defensive ends, Dallas. Like, shut <laughs> up. Uh, the next one is uh, the odd man out. I knew one of these guys was probably going to have to go. But in in Miami, they had Chase, Chase Edwards, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, and Sony Michelle on the Chase same Edmonds. team. Edmonds. That's what I said. Chase Edmonds. That's what I said. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Bold strategy, cat. <laughs> <laughs> Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gas. I read whatever's on the teleprompter, okay? <laughs> Chase I'm Edmonds. <laughs> Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, and Sonny Michelle were all on the same team. I mean, those names alone mean you're paying at least three of them. So the odd man out was there with Sonny Michelle. Um, he was cut by the Dolphins. But. Good news. Uh, he was signed by the Chargers. So it looks like he's going to end up in a better situation and be the backup to Austin Eckler. So, yeah, that actually, I I took Eckler, I think, in only one league because I didn't have very many high picks this year. Mm-hmm. But when they signed Sony Michelle, that worried me because I like Mitch Sony Michelle. I think he's a good running back. I think he's going to get a lot more work in L.A. than just, oh, he's the handcuff if, if Eckler goes down. I think Michelle's actually going to be, like, used in, like, short yardage and stuff. So I that have, worries me as an Eckler owner. But as a Chargers kind of part-time fan, I was like, yeah, that's a good pickup. I didn't – first off, I thought he went back to the Rams because I just kept reading L.A. but skipping the C part. I'm like, why? He went back? That's crazy. But it was a Chargers, so – but the, the part that gets me is I drafted him in the second to last round in one of my leagues. And uh, people all started giving me immediate crap for it. They're like, he got dropped. And I'm like, no, he's on the uh, Chargers. And he's probably going to be the backup. And they're like, well, that was a terrible pick. So I, I'm looking forward to hopefully proving him wrong with that. Yeah, no, I think especially getting him that late, like he was my that's a fifth good running back. Yeah, and the only one yeah, is like because I had two rookies, so I'm like, I'll take Sony Michelle because I know he's a proven good back. So you know, it happens. Um, yeah, I like it. Speaking of rookie running backs, Marlon Mack from the Texans is gone, which pretty much makes it the Damian Pierce show in Houston. I, I'm surprised they outright cut Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they obviously could have made Damian Pierce a starter. We all saw that coming. We talked about it. Like, he looked so good in the preseason. Like, this is obvious. But to just cut Marlon Mack, because now it's like, well, the Texans need talent. I mean, what happens if Damian Pierce gets hurt? Or, I mean, God, the guy needs to rest at some point. Who are they going to put in behind him? Apparently, like, Mack Rex Burkhead, still... who is still yeah, a like... thing. <laughs> That's a guy where I'm looking at the rosters like Rex Burkhead makes rosters, but Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead made it over Marlon Mack. Like, yeah, exactly. It's but yeah, I, I thought that the Texans especially need as much talent as they can get. Why? Why cut? I, I guess Marlon Mack maybe is just that bad that they were like, well, you're worse than than the Texans, and that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a stain on your record right there. But that's you another were cut guy that by just, Houston? Ouch. He disappeared two years ago. Like, he was, you know, Colts starter, and then all of a sudden they draft Jonathan Taylor, and 
then I think it was just last year, Jonathan Taylor just destroys Marlon Mack's career. Marlon Mack just disappears, and now he's he's a not agent. A, he's not even on a practice squad. Like yeah, no one like picked Marlon he, Mack up. I think Marlon Mack. I took him. I think last year in the dynasty because he was still technically the starter in Indy before Jonathan Taylor exploded. Yeah. So now. Now he's just a free agent. Like you talk about Philip Lindsay, it's like, yeah, man, running backs just disappear. That that is one of the things with the NFL that just just blows my mind. How like, well, let me go to another one of these people that were dropped. Forty ers running back Jamichael Hasty gone, ousted by yeah. an undrafted rookie. Like Jamichael Hasty is good. Yeah, surprise me. Yeah. That that's why he's on the active roster of the Jaguars now. Now, yeah, granted, that, he's behind well, James Robinson and Etienne, but he's he got picked up immediately because Hasty yeah, is good running back. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, the 49ers, when you look, they cut Trey Sermon, their third round pick from last year that everybody drafted in fantasy because he was going to be the breakout rookie, and then the guy gets skipped over by for a fifth round pick elijah mitchell Mm -hmm. and then one year later trey sermon's cut like a third round pick getting cut a year later i mean that's yeah well okay let's just let's just go ahead and say that kyle shanahan and the halfbacks in san francisco that's a just a crazy place because matt Breida gone jamichael hasty gone uh, Raheem Mostert gone. They're just like, you know what? We're gonna pay the littlest we can to have good a good halfback that's serviceable, and then when we have to sign them again, we're gonna have two or three others that are just as good, and we're just gonna let them go, and we're just never gonna keep a halfback forever. So the well, 49ers and, are and the place to like. You don't want to play halfback there because you know you're gonna be playing somewhere else. Maybe it'll make well, you money. People say that but... it's the it's the scheme. Like his his running scheme is so good that he literally can just plop in a fifth round pick and the guy can rush for a thousand yards. And yeah, then, I yeah, believe it. Just, it. I mean, it's yeah. shown to be true so far. It's crazy. And then when their contracts up, they go somewhere else. They get paid good money, and then they end up getting cut the next year, like Tevin Coleman for the Jets, who signed <laughs> there last year and got cut this season. <laughs> yeah, so that's another one. Yeah, Tevin Coleman gone yeah. from the Jets. They had so, the Jets are another one, kind of like the 49ers, like you're saying. They had so many halfbacks last year. Now, uh, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman's gone. The I can't remember the guy they had last year that's now gone because now they're like, we want Brees Hall and we're gonna run with uh, Michael Carter. So those other two guys that were really good, they can go somewhere else and be good. Running backs get turned out so fast in the NFL because, I mean, if you look at the draft, there's at least 12 to 15 that get drafted every year. So the number twos and threes on teams just get rotated in and out, and sometimes the ones. I mean, look at Washington. Brian Robinson would have been our week one starter had he not been shot, and Antonio Gibson would have been, you know, catching passes on third down probably or returning kicks. And it's, he was, Antonio Gibson's only like his third year in the league. So it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, uh, one more running back, Duke Johnson for the Bills. Another another guy that. Another guy right there, that third spot where you're like, oh, we don't need him, even though he's good. Yeah. Good pass catcher. But when they've got, they drafted James Cook, they've got Singletary and Zach Moss. And it's just like, they don't need to be paying their fourth running back that much money. They'll just 
you know, have some guy they sign off the street for two hundred thousand compared to a guy making one point five million or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, but, last uh, last cuts we got here. And they kind of like are intertwined here, but I like the story to one of them. I don't like the story to the other one. Um, we'll start with the Lions. The Lions, and after watching the full week three of the preseason game for the Lions, I wanted this to happen. Okay? Let's just go with that. All right? I wanted this to happen. David Blau, Tim Boyle, gone. They were not worthy to be a backup in the NFL Holy crap. Hated them last year. Didn't advance. Terrible this year in the preseason. Both gone. Thank goodness. All right. Let's move on to the other one. You'll find out why this is important in a second. But QB Nate Sudfeld of the 49ers um, was cut. Why? Because somehow they convinced Jimmy Garoppolo, who did not practice the entire camp and preseason, is now going to be... Uh, Trey Lance's backup all season. So they didn't need nuts, Nate Sedfield, because they have Jimmy G as a backup, which is probably one of the best backups you could have in the NFL. Um, I just thought that was interesting. The big part of that story is the fact that Jimmy G is going to be a backup. I don't know if you, that surprised you or not with everything that happened in the preseason. You know, I'm, I am surprised um, that that they were able to agree with him on it. Like I thought he, he would have wanted to leave and, and go play and, and try to be a starter somewhere, especially considering there are teams that could still use him. But I'm also not surprised because they knew exactly he was going to go to Seattle and they're like, well, we can't let that happen. So let's, let's do what we can to keep him on the team this year. And then he'll just go to Seattle next year, probably, or maybe <laughs> he'll end up somewhere else. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's he, he's making a bunch of money to sit on the bench. And, I mean, I'm not that high on Trey Lance. I wouldn't be surprised if if he struggled a bit and it was kind of like the, the Tua a couple years, his rookie year where he uh, he was, like, benched for a couple games in the middle of the season or something. So I think, I think Jimmy G is definitely going to end up playing at some point this season. Yeah, it just depends on how their season's going. Since consider, considering somehow they're favored – they're a Super Bowl contender with Trey Lance in the like betting world, which just blows my mind. But yeah, if yeah, they're not yeah. really even up to that expectation, they're definitely going to probably try something different. So um, the only reason I put that with the Lions cutting both their backups was that uh, the news of what they signed as the new Lions backup blew my mind. Because if you look at the stats of our backups we dropped and Nate Sudfeld, they're the Sudfeld's worse. Worse. Why would we sign you, this guy? Do you think he's worse than than David Blau and Tim Boyle? Because I think I think, I think Blau is better than Sudfeld. I think Sudfeld is better than Boyle. I would have rather have kept okay. Blau than. But here's the thing: I liked Jeff Driscoll. If we're looking at like oh. backups we had, we had Jeff Driscoll. Uh, Jeff Diskel and David Blau were the backups one year um, to Stafford. Uh, last year, once we got Goff, it became Boyle, who we signed for an ass ton of money, and I never understood it because the guy was hot ass. And then David Blau, and then they lost. They, they got rid of Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll's still a free agent. I would have rather had him. Like, and then there were these players that, if you looked at the preseason stats, 
people like Davis Webb were dropped, even though they were the top of oh, the yeah. stats for the preseason, and they were not. They're not even signed to active rosters. But we signed Nate Sudfeld as our backup quarterback. I blew a mind, angry, confused. It's one of those things where you're like, yeah, cut those backups. Anyone's better. No, not him. <laughs> and that's exactly where I'm right now because my, my mind is definitely going, no, not him. Anyways, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Jared Goff just plays the whole season because – I well, yeah, I think uh, golf's been pretty healthy through his career, so oh, no. hopefully it well, won't become an issue. Boyle played a few games last season, and it was the on a bad team to watch Boyle play as well to be even worse. God, it was terrible. So <laughs> I just wanted someone competent. Gone are the long, long gone are the days of my favorite Lions backup, Sean Hill. Where it I'm was like surprised they didn't draft somebody like to be a backup. There were so and, many and, people available. It made yeah. no sense. We never grafted anyone. I don't know. Anyways, Lions Washington going got off Sam there. Howell in the fifth round. I mean, he would have been a great backup for uh, for Goff. But Carson Strong, not on a team anymore. He went to a team for the preseason, got cut, was not drafted. You could have just brought him in. I would be rather, even if he didn't have a good preseason, he's young. I would rather have watched him be the backup. I yeah. don't know. Drives At least a practice squad guy. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so as far as big name signings, you know, we, we went over a lot of these when we talked about them actually getting cuts. Um, but I like, you know, Justin Bethel, you put him on here. Dude, I remember Justin Bethel has been a Cardinal special teamer. For, Beast. I, I, I didn't even realize he had left the Cardinals, to be quite honest. I thought he was still on the team. Now I'm sad to know he's not because <laughs> that dude was just all the time on special teams. And even sometimes on defense. Like, he was just... Yeah, he was just a, a heck of a, a player and just an awesome guy. So that's that's a bummer that he's uh, he's in Miami now. I'm hot. Well, the thing is, he played two seasons on another team. That's the thing that got me. Oh, he's been he's been gone for longer than I thought. Then yeah, yeah. he was. On... I guess it's because I didn't I didn't get to go to games very much because of the damn pandemic. So the pandemic. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he played two years. So since the last time he played on the cards was 2017, he's been on Atlanta, Baltimore, and then New England for three years. It's been that long. Yeah, that is crazy. It has been that wow. long. Well, I still remember him, and he's still awesome. So. He is, he's great. I love Justin Bethel. That's why I put him on here because probably anyone listening to this podcast likes who the hell is Justin Bethel. But he's 31, still going out being an awesome special teams guy and floating around the league based on that. So that was awesome. Um, well, Justin, just know that we love you. I know you're an avid listener, so thanks for listening. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe you will be now. The The <laughs> other one, Kenyon Drake, not a final roster cut. Cut before, in, in the second cut downs, um, is now on the Ravens behind Mike Davis and Justice Hall, and Justice Hall for backup to spot to Dobbins. So I thought that was interesting. Justice Hill. I'm like... That is the ESPN depth chart. So I don't know where he actually falls on the depth chart behind Dobbins, but well, Kenyon Drake we'll, uh, is now on the Ravens. We'll talk about that more when we get into the, the fantasy football for week one because I, I have some thoughts on Kenyon Drake. Um, but, yeah, I'll let you talk about Khalil Pimpton. Did you watch Hard Knocks? I have not. Because I was out of town this past week, I was, have not watched the final episode, but I watched most of Hard Knocks. It, it, it was okay. really fun. 
Come on, it's the Lions. Yeah. How did we end up this lucky this year for it to be the Lions at the preseason and the Cardinals for the midseason hard knocks? I know. That's going to be pretty interesting. They're going to watch the Cardinals' second half collapse. So, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, I, I dude, I loved hard knocks. It was – and I love that everybody's – like, the reviews for it, everyone's talking about the Lions, like – they're now America's team because of their like attitude and like just camaraderie and everything. And it's like that coaching it's nice squad. to see the Lions get some respect after being like jokes forever. Like now everyone's like, oh man, this team actually like there's a lot of things to like about this team from the coaches, the players, everything. Deuce Staley's awesome. Aaron Glenn is awesome. Dan Campbell's awesome. Uh, the, what's his face? Our Wide receiver coach, Randall L. Antoine Randall Dude, L. Dude, Antoine Randall L. was, uh, I loved him. He was a uh, Redskin for a while. And I yeah. think Deuce Staley was actually our running back coach for a while, too, a couple of years ago. He, so Those yeah, guys I'd are love. just super energetic, fun to watch. It is. Yes. I just love our coaching staff. So we'll see what happens. Um, gotta, but, but where you were leading with that with Hard Knocks was Khalil Pimpton was a uh, star on Hard Knocks, basically because he was a undrafted rookie that signed with the Lions. Short guy, very, very fast, very high upside, couldn't catch a ball to save his life. And so I wanted him to stay because, you know, I'd have a soft spot in my heart for wide receivers as well as people that uh, he was from Michigan, which also was part of the appeal to him for hard knocks. But he actually wound up on the Giants heading to New York to their practice squad. I just thought it was interesting. I didn't put any other practice squads on here, but for any of those people out there that did watch Hard Knocks, Khalil Pimpleton wound up on the Giants practice squad. I remember his name. I remember seeing him play. He's been on the Lions for at least a year, maybe two, right? Like he Pimpleton? Was yeah. I think it was undrafted this year. Was he? I could have yeah. sworn I had seen that name before. No, because the other names that we have for the last few years have been um, Tom Kennedy and Trinity Benson, and some of the, those are some of the names of those bottom roster guys. Pimpleton was huh. new. So. Yeah, that's weird. I, I yeah, for some reason I thought that uh, it is a the name sounds familiar. Yeah, it did sound familiar to me before I started looking into the guy, and I'm like, okay, so this guy's new. That's why everyone's all. Because Lions Twitter was just like, oh, this guy's going to be amazing. I can't believe no one drafted him, blah, blah, blah. So That's the way, yeah. that's the way I am with rookies in Madden, too. I'm like, this uh, 59 I just picked up is a future Hall of Famer. Just get hype. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think we talked about all, all the rest of those names we, we talked yeah. about. So, um, All right. So, yeah, we've mentioned this a couple times. Brian Robinson, obviously uh Washington rookie running back taking the third round was having a good camp having a good preseason Antonio Gibson was not all the talk was that Brian Robinson was going to be the starter in fact the day that he got shot the rumor was released that they were going to announce him the starter (laughs) well then he's going to get dinner or something after practice uh in DC and somebody tries to steal his car and ends up shooting him twice. The the initial news, so like, the first thing I saw on Twitter was rookie running back Brian Robinson Jr. shot, and my immediate, I'm like, oh, he's dead. Like, immediately I was like, oh, okay, great, he's dead. 
And then, you know, it came out, okay, we were shot twice in the lower body. Well, Sean Taylor also happened to be shot in the lower body. They hit an artery, and he bled out and eventually died. So, again, I'm like, great, he's dead. Amazingly, Brian Robinson Jr. is one of the luckiest guys on the planet because the bullet, he was shot in the glute, uh, which is your booty, for anybody that doesn't know medical (laughs) terms. And uh, the second bullet was in his knee, which for a running back, you think like, oh, shit, like, you got shot in the knee. Like, it's like, that's as bad as tearing an ACL or something. Okay, we'll see you in 2023. Well, apparently the bullet missed the bone. I don't know how it missed the kneecap. Uh, it missed all the, the uh, cartilage, uh, arteries, ligaments, everything in his knee. It, it missed all of it. So it was like the easiest surgery, they said. Mm-hmm. He, his swelling in his knee has already gone down. He's already off crutches. Oh, damn. I, I can sprain my ankle and I'll want crutches for a month. And this <laughs> guy gets shot in the knee and he's off crutches in like 10 days. I'm super stoked um, for that guy. So, yeah, it's it's... Working out really well for him. He's on the the non-football or uh, injury list um, to start the season, so he can't come back until week five at the earliest. But honestly, the, the a lot of talk out of Washington is that he may be playing week five. Like, he was on, I watched one of their TikToks today uh, when, from practice, and he was there, and he is, you know, his knees wrapped up, but he's walking around without crutches, and, and I mean... As long as the guy, once he's able to start working out again, you know, his cardio and, and you know, leg muscles, but there shouldn't be too much deterioration. Um, you know, it's not like six months, like it, it, a couple weeks, maybe a month that not being able to work out. So I don't know. I, I It could have been a lot worse. I feared that it was going to be a lot worse. I still think when he comes back, he might have to work his way back into the number one role, but by mid-season and, and especially by November, December, I don't see any reason why he won't be our starting running back. It, one of my favorite parts... Okay, that's a terrible way to start this. A, I'm glad he's okay. It's a t- I wish it never happened in the first place. But when, I, when we've been talking about him on this podcast during the preseason, it's all been on the field stuff, right? It's just been like straight up, this is him. He's just a really good running back. He deserves to outpace Aaron Gibson. There's a good chance. Or Antonio Gibson. There's a good chance he's going to be the starter. That's awesome. He's just a really good running back. I didn't know anything about him. But my favorite part now is after all this happened, there was a story about him two days, two days after he was shot. It was his turn to bring the snack to practice. And this dude shows up to the practice facility on his crutches, all bandaged up and everything else, with a big box of Oreos for his halfback teammates and just walks in the building. Two days after he's shot, he didn't want to miss his his snack day with his teammates. Yep. So that that to me was pretty awesome. The guy's like a team player that just likes, loves his team, wants to be there for him despite everything that's happened to him. And just to show that, Hey, you know, you guys, you guys are thinking about me. I'm thinking about you and all that stuff. So I really, that just made me like Brian Robinson even more. Yeah. I, um, you know, when they drafted him, I, I read about him in college and everything. And, and, you know, obviously social media. Um, and he, he does seem just like a, a, a team player, a guy that just loves the game and just like, uh, wants to get out there and play. And it's, 
I, I watched the video. There's actually a video of him showing up in practice. I don't know if you watched it where he brought the Oreos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like the, when he walked the in the position front door. coach. Yeah, like it's everybody loves him. It's it's one of those things where again, if you're looking for a silver lining, then my silver lining is like maybe this this does motivate the team and and rallies the team and and they play harder and they play better for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that remains to be seen. But I I still hope. I mean, I mentioned this before. I I want him to be you know our every down running back. I want him to be like our Derrick Henry type guy, like just a, a stud, a beast bulldozer that goes out there and, and, you know, runs over defenses. And, and I'm still hoping he can be because that guy, he deserves it, man. And, and yeah, just what it, it's, it's just the bad luck of being a, a, a freaking commanders fan, man, between Sean <laughs> Taylor and this guy, I'm like, I was having like flashbacks. Right. And for those of you who are watching the Twitch stream or watching this on YouTube, you can see right behind me, two of our favorite players. I got Calvin Johnson behind me. If I move like this, you can see him. There's Calvin Johnson, one of my favorite lions. And if Richie slides to the side, you'll just Hold see. Let me, let me just... Oh, oh, there it is. A yeah, little bit, little Sean bit, Taylor. Yeah. There he is. Sean yeah. Taylor, one of Richie's favorite players as well. And so the fact that, like, with everything that happened with Brian Robinson – you know, not having to go through that again with another player that you are like, and not only that, but just to have another player on the commanders have something like that happen to him. And especially a rookie too. I mean, he was, was in line to be named the starter and, and for this to happen, it's like just, just terrible luck. And mm-hmm. yeah, hoping, hoping he comes back, uh, um, week five would be great, but, but at the very least week seven or eight, you know, still get to play half the season. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy. So sounds good to me. Hopefully we see him then. Yes. Yes. Uh, another big piece of news. Uh, the bears in discussion to buy a 326 acre plot of land in Arlington Heights, uh, which for those of you not familiar is Northwest of like downtown Chicago, Northwest of O'Hare. It's actually not very far from O'Hare. Um, I didn't know that off the top of my head. I had to Google it just, just so everybody knows I'm not like some Chicago genius. Uh, but <laughs> It's uh, they're planning to build a whole master plan commercial development with a dome stadium, restaurants, hotels, office building, fitness center, movie theater, like a whole bunch of crap. So really it's, exciting for the franchise. Um, but it's also bittersweet because they have they have played in Soldier Field since 1971. And it is the oldest stadium in the NFL. It was built in 1924. So it is literally almost 100 years old. Yeah, that's absolutely insane to me. And I was thinking yes. about this the other day. I'm like, what is the oldest stadium in the NFL? And I thought it was them because Soldier Field is like just one of those places where you're like, hey, that place is old. It's one of the last few remaining open air stadiums. Like they don't build open air stadiums that often anymore. Especially in, in the Midwest where it snows and it's freezing cold. Like, Lambeau Field is pretty old. Um, Soldier Field's the oldest. I mean, those, what about the those Boston? Two, the, not Boston. The New England Patriots Stadium is it old? Foxborough? No, Foxborough. Foxborough's pretty new, and it's it's open air. Yeah. Because I was just about yeah. to say, the day that we stop getting snow games because everything's domed, will be very sad. Well, and that's I mean, honestly, that's kind of where they're trying to go. Uh, Lambeau. So once the Bears build their dome, Lambeau will be the only one um, open air 
in the Midwest. And then, yeah, you've got Foxborough, you've got the Giants Stadium, which is fairly new, uh, Buffalo, but they're in talks to build a new stadium. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they built a dome. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, 20, 30 years from now, they'll slowly phase out weather to be, it being a factor at all. Um, no. But I've been to Soldier Field a couple times. Obviously, my dad's from Chicago, so we go back. We're going back again this year. Um, so it's, you know, been there a couple times. It is a very old stadium, but there's also a lot of history there. So the thought of them moving is, yeah, it's, you know, it's weird to think like, oh, man, they could be playing. It's weird to, to see the, the Bears as a franchise if the, playing in a brand new stadium. I, I mean, whether that, you know, happens, which probably will. It's just going to be weird because the Bears are one of the original franchises. They're one of the most uh, run down and forgot about franchises just because they're, you know, not very good historically. Um, so for them to get some shiny new stadium is just going to be very, it's like very, the juxtaposition of the two is going to be very weird for me. The thing that always throws me, like, just as a comparison, and it's not a good comparison because they had their own stadium since 1924, but it was always weird to me, the Cardinals not playing at Sun Devil Stadium. Yes. Like, yeah, it, when it, they got their own stadium, I'm like, what did you do to deserve this? Because they were never good before they got their stadium. They were good after right. they got their stadium. And so, yeah. you know, maybe that'll work. Maybe it'll work the same way for the Bears. Who knows? It, it could. I mean, it's um, I, I put on here. So the, uh, the Bears do have a lease with Soldier Field that runs through 2033. But it can be broken as early as 2026. So, so I need to go to do, Soldier Field before 2026. Well, and that's, I think... If they if they move forward and they start building the stadium, I'm trying to remember like the Rams and the and the Raiders and uh, their stadiums. I think it took like two years. I want to say mm-hmm. so. If they started building it next year, um, or you know, it could be ready for the 2026 season. Um, so yeah, you've got a couple of years, but um, obviously, I mean, me and my dad will go that first year as long as tickets aren't ridiculously overpriced. Um, but, no. uh, but yeah, it'll just be when the day comes that they no longer play in soldier field, it will be a little bittersweet. Cause that is a, a very old stadium, a lot of history. And you, I mean, you can, you can feel it when you go there, the history, but you can also feel like, damn, the stadium is old <laughs> for sure. Kind of like going to Wrigley field. Yes. Oh my God. If the Cubs ever leave Wrigley, I, I, I just won't even watch baseball at that point. <laughs> baseball won't exist without Wrigley Field. There's so I, many I, baseball fields that have disappeared in like the last 10 years that I'm just like, this but, what but is happening? Wrigley and um, Fenway are the two that's like, you, you just can't, I can't imagine a, the game of baseball without those two stadiums in it. Like it's just, it's so weird. Yeah. I don't know, I'm with you, man. All right. But that is all the news from uh preseason week three and, and the time that we missed. Uh, so now, like, leading up to it, we are ready. It's it's week one. I mean, the season has started. Last night, there we had a game. And and then two days, we've got uh, more games. So we are we are ready to go with week one. Do you want to start with the recap of last night? Or, or do you want to start with our predictions for Sunday and Monday? Um, what do you think would... What do you think? I think we should recap last night first. All right, let's go with the do recap. Chronologically. So last night, it was the Bills... A team that is widely regarded as the Super Bowl favorite this year versus the Rams, who won the Super Bowl last year. 
Um, big matchup for a Thursday night to start the season. I thought it was going to be a runaway train of offense. The final score ended up being what? 31-10? Yeah. Blowout by the Bills. Bills blew out the Rams. It was just surprising to say the least. Um, first point I want to make. That was one of the sloppiest opening games I have ever seen. Very, very sloppy. Like, yeah. I I made this point in one of our chats for one of my other leagues that people are talking out throughout Sunday, throughout Thursday night, whatever. We're just all chatting in there during games. And I said it, I'm like, I put in quotations, we don't need the preseason. If you don't need the preseason, that means that the first few weeks of the season are all going to look like this, in my opinion. Yep. Because these two teams, they didn't play their starters. And they had seven combined turnovers. Two fumbles, five interceptions. And those interceptions weren't all quarterback. They were wide receivers not pulling the ball in and letting the defender steal it. They were padded balls at the line of scrimmage for interceptions. It was just sloppy football. It was... Well, and what's funny is Josh Allen, I I think he started with like 10 straight completions. Mm Mm-hmm. And he ended up, like, he he had a very accurate night, but when he missed, it was an interception. Like, if he missed a pass, it usually ended up in the defender's hands. Yeah. I think there was a there was a moment in the broadcast, I remember the announcer saying, like, they, there was, like, the second quarter, they said, there hasn't been a dropped pass yet, because even the incompletions have been picked off. <laughs> like, it was just, but, yeah, the tipped balls, um, there was one, I remember the receiver, you know, tries to catch it with his body instead of catching with his hands. So it bumps out or defenders just dive in and steal, steal it. Steal the ball. That was yeah, impressive. I'll say that. Yeah. The fumbles, which the James Cook fumble hurt me. It hurt my soul because I took him as my third running back, I think in two leagues and seeing him fumble and then not, you know, I, I think he got back on the field maybe in the fourth quarter. That hurt because I was like, I'm rooting for this guy to to kind of like take the job in Buffalo and become the starter at the very least a third down back, and then Devin Singletary comes out and plays very very well. well. Surprising James because I fumbles. I was really hoping for that because I took him in one league and I'm like, I know this guy's like got James Cook on his ass. So yeah, yeah um, Singletary looks very good, but Zach Moss also fumbled. So it's not like the guy right in front of Cook did himself any favors. So Zach Moss and James Cook both fumbled in that game. And, uh, but even still, even non-turnovers. I remember one of the, uh, Stafford fumbled a shotgun pass, was able to pick it up. Actually, I will say this. First off, he fumbled the snap. Instead of just falling on it, he pushed his hand down into the ball gripped it with his bare hand and picked it back up and was almost ready to throw another pass. He just didn't have time because someone sacked him at that point. But the fact that he was just able to one-handed grip the ball off the ground and pick it up, I thought that was impressive. But he still fumbled it. So a lot of sloppy plays in that game. I will say that. Now, that's not to take away from the Bills because, holy crap, the Bills, despite there being a lot of sloppy play, the Bills still outplayed the Rams. Like, let there be no doubt there. Absolutely. The Bills outplayed the Rams, and they look every bit the Super Bowl uh, favorite, especially with Vaughn Miller 
coming to them from the Rams. Like, that guy was on a mission last night. I loved, too, that, you know, he got some sacks against his old team, but I also loved that it opened up the rushing lanes for everybody else. Because Von Miller, it's like, all right, he's got to get double teamed. Mm -hmm. So then a lot of other players that, you know, I, I recognize some of the names, but most, I don't know all of Buffalo's defensive line. So it was, it was, yeah, a very good performance. Um, I also loved seeing Jalen Ramsey get burned. I just don't like oh, him. Oh, Jalen so, Ramsey was, looked like hot yeah. garbage last night. Did you see, I saw a tweet today that when targeted last night, the quarterback rating against Jalen Ramsey was perfect. 158.3. Meaning that he basically didn't exist last night. Yeah, like, like, could have had anyone else on the field, and if they stopped one ball, yes. it would have been better than him. Exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, I just, I, I love that. But, uh, no, it was, you know, Buffalo, I didn't expect, I, I thought they'd win. I didn't expect them to embarrass the Rams. Well, that's why I say I thought Buffalo would win. I bet the Rams to win. <laughs> um, but I, I thought it would at least be competitive. I, I did bet the under because the, the point line was like 51 and a half. And I'm like, there's no way week one that you're going to have that many points scored on the first game. Like, that doesn't happen. And I ended up being right about that. But, yeah, what it was just a massacre. And I, I really, I think Buffalo, they are, uh, me and my dad do standings projections for the season. And so, like, we both just go through and, like, pick how we think each team's going to finish. And we both picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I, it, after last night, it's like, yeah, I definitely think they're going to. They looked so good. Yeah, I can see that for sure. If you're looking at players underwhelming, You've got to start with Allen Robinson and Cam Akers. Cam Akers, starter. Darrell Henderson, looking like the starter. Well, what's funny was I was listening because I was driving home from Phoenix yesterday. I was right listening back. to the radio. Okay. Um, and they were talking about Darrell Henderson was actually the starter, which was news to me. I, I had no idea. I don't think I drafted Cam Akers anywhere. Um but, yeah, I heard that yesterday afternoon. They are talking about, yeah, Darrell Henderson's going to be the starter. And then it happened, and that was amazing. But on Twitter, like, everyone's freaking out about Cam Akers, Cam Akers. And I'm like, well, I mean, if, if people had been paying attention, then they would have known Darrell Henderson was going to start. I didn't know that um, because I don't have either one in fantasy, so it wasn't something I was watching. But, um, yeah, but I'm more mad about Allen Robinson. I do have Allen Robinson in the league. Uh, it's our keeper league on, on sleeper or dynasty league because I had him last year. I thought he would at least do something. I, you know, I thought, okay, well, Odell Beckham did pretty well. And now Allen Robinson's in the Odell Beckham role. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson has been a good receiver in the past when he's, when he's had good quarterbacks. Well, he's never really had a good quarterback, but, um, so yeah, seeing him, I think he ended up, he had two targets, including a throwaway on the last play of the game or whatever. Um, he caught one pass for like 12 yards and like that, I had him in my lineup. I played him over, um, I can't even remember the guy's name that I played him over right now. Um, but I'm, I was very, very upset about it because I, I don't know. I mean, Cooper cup had like 13 catches. Darrell Henderson caught some passes, check downs. Um, Higby, the tight end caught some balls. It just, it seemed like they were never even looking Allen Robinson's way. It's like every time Stafford was in trouble or pressured, which was a lot because Buffalo's defense was all over him, he would just automatically throw it to wherever Cooper Cup was. And magically, Cooper Cup would catch it because he's just that good somehow. Um, 
So yeah, watching Allen Robinson, one or well, two targets, one catch, heartbreaking. Cam Akers, I, I don't someone. know. Huh? You're forgetting something, which is what what throws me so off about Allen Robinson. There is a guy whose name that Stafford threw to at least like eight or nine times, who is not Allen Robinson, and I've never even heard of him. Oh Burkowski yeah, or something. Yeah, like who is this man, and why are you paying Allen Robinson so much to not be thrown to? I actually looked that up last night because I didn't know who he was. So he's just their third receiver because Josh Palmer, um, no Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson, who's usually their slot guy's hurt. So like the the Kowalski whatever was filling in for him. Um, yeah, but yeah, that guy too was. It was like. Let me bring. I, I don't I'm gonna find the stats for this game because that guy had a huge night, and Allen Robinson had nothing. That's what confused me. I'm like, I where? Having a huge night. He had at least six catches. Oh, okay. I just remember Cooper Cup had like 14 or something. I know Cooper Cup is easy to remember anyone else, but and Darrell Henderson had like, but it was just yeah. Well, in the two targets, okay. is what kills me. I like, take that back. He had four catches for 25 yards. He didn't have any yards. Six targets. It seemed like. If he wasn't looking at Cup, he was looking at this Scourinick guy. Al- I remember him checking down a lot. Allen Robinson had two targets. That's it. Yes. This- and the one of them was literally the last. It was like fourth down, and they just threw it out of the end zone in Allen Robinson's general direction, basically. Yeah. No, I was. I, I'm very concerned about Allen Robinson. I'm. Con- I, I. The Cam Akers thing. I don't. I don't know the story. I don't know why Darrell Henderson all of a sudden was the starter. Uh, going into the game. I saw today that they said that Cam Akers needs to run uh, run harder. Or I, I forget the exact quote. Let me look it up. But but um, Sean McVay did say something about Cam Akers today. Uh, he wants more urgency. He needs to run with more urgency. No. So well, I guess Cam Akers is in the doghouse. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to give him three carries, I don't know how much urgency he can have. I, yeah, I feel like he did something like in practice this week, which just pissed off Sean McVay. He had to. How are you going to say he needs more urgency when you give him three carries? Like, yeah. you can you guess that you got that off of three carries? I mean, I guess he had but three yeah. carries for no yards, but, you know, I don't know what to say to that. I know. I, I Going forward, I do have K-Maker somewhere, so it's something I need to watch. Um, I also know everyone's going to try to pick up Darrell Henderson, this this week next week because I don't think he got drafted in any of the leagues I was in maybe the sixteen teamer, but most of my leagues I don't think he got drafted. So, um, well, uh, this we have a new thing we're gonna do with Thursday Night football because we we podcast on Fridays, so that means Thursday week one's Thursday or not week one every week's Thursday night game is going to be over by the time we podcast, which means we can talk about our. Uh, parlays bets on Thursday night football. We're going to bet a four leg parlay every Thursday and talk about it on the podcast. Uh, name pending the Thursday night foreplay. I don't know. You know, that's, <laughs> I, I, I like it foreplay. It's a, it's a nice little play on words there. We're just going for the pun here. Um, yeah. but I figured we'd talk about, we both made a four leg parlay and let's see, did either of us hit it? All right. Um, I can say, for me, my first leg of the parlay was Rams money line, so I automatically lose. Um, but I did bet Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup anytime touchdown, got that. 
Uh, Gabriel Davis, I had him for 50-plus yards. He got that in the first half. Cooper Cup got his touchdown in the first half. And from there, the rest of it all went downhill. Rams did not win, so I did not hit the money line. And my fourth part of the parlay was uh, the home team Rams over 25.5 points. So they only got 10 and got nowhere near 25.5 points. So. Yeah, I, I got two of my four as well. I also bet the Rams money line, which I, looking at my parlay, I don't know what the hell I was thinking because I I, I, I picked the Bills to win in a in a picks contest I'm in, and, but then I bet the Rams to win. So I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. um, but I had the Rams money line. Obviously, that missed. I had a Cam Akers anytime touchdown. I mean, I thought the guy would get more than three carries, so that, that didn't hit. Um, I did. I had a Gabriel Davis anytime touchdown, which I mean that hit, and then I bet the under fifty one and a half. Like I mentioned, I didn't think they'd score that many points, and I ended up being right about that. So, yeah, I was I was also half right. Um, not a bad start, I think. Um, I you know as two out go, of four uh, for the first week. I feel like with no information going into it on what we feel like these offense circuits are going to do, I feel yeah. like two out of four is not terrible. I, I'm, I'm happy with it. And, and uh, now what did you do? I bet $5. I also I bet know. five. Okay. So I thought about doing $1, but I was like, nah, five, five. Like good. if I hit um, this, I want to win some money. Yeah. <laughs> See, I usually, I, I do every week. I, I started this last year when betting became legal in Arizona. I do a 16 team parlay or however many games there are each week. Mm-hmm. And I bet the winner of the money line, but I only do a dollar. But because the odds of a parlay that big are so high, it's like you're betting a dollar to win like five grand. And I'm like, if it ever hits, I'll be super excited. And then every week, if it doesn't hit, I'm only losing a dollar. So that is, I like that. I like that. I'm going to be, I've got, I have FanDuel open right now. Cause when we move on to our, our picks for this week, I'm going to be placing my, my bet. So (laughs) (laughs) nice. Um, You're I'm looking I just want last thing I want to throw out of there. In our dynasty league, I picked up Gabriel Davis in probably week fourteen in our dynasty league. Of last season. Of last yeah, season. That's so those are the picks in a dynasty league, man, that you're just you, that's gonna be so good. Cause I he got one last night and I, I don't know how many yards he ended up with, but he had a goody good night. And the way the Bills offense and defense look, like they realistically could you know Stefan Diggs is going to get his, but Gabe Davis could still finish, have a huge year. Like I didn't think I didn't draft Gabe Davis in any league. Well, maybe one. Um, he had four I didn't catches think for eighty-eight Bills yards and a touchdown, so eighteen touchdown. points. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think the Bills' offense could support two fantasy receivers, and I was probably wrong. I mean, if they if they looked like that last night, it's like yeah, Gabe Davis is going to be playable every week. Um, Here's, and, uh, here's a surprise. Okay. I didn't even realize Jameson Crowder was on the Bills. I love that guy. Oh, as a yeah. Jet. You didn't see him. Yeah, he was catching some passes yeah. last night. I was like, all right, Crowder. Let's go. I know. I was bummed when, when Washington let him go. He was, he's such a good slot possession receiver. I like that guy. I like that guy. All right, let's go. We're going to do our week one prediction. So uh, we want to throw this out there for the season wide. We are going to go over the games of the week. And me and Richie are going to keep track of who we pick and kind of kind of like all the uh, the Sunday broadcast teams do, keep a running tally of what our record is. 
going throughout the season with our picks here. Uh, we're probably now, when not... we say uh, we're going to keep track, are you actually going to keep track for both of us, or do I keep track of my own? No, I'll keep track because it'll all be in here. So I'll just I'll okay. just tally it up each week, and we'll see where we all go. Right. So we'll start off with the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. Who do you got in that game? Uh, Saints, obviously. If, if I, at any point this season, pick the Falcons, I, I will be amazed. Uh, I I want to pick the Falcons just to be the, the opposite of you, but the Saints, I feel like the <laughs> Honestly, I don't think the Saints are as good. I need to see this game to see how good the Saints are. I feel oh, like, I don't think the Saints are, are like a, a great team. I just think the Falcons are, are that bad. That bad. Yeah. Well, and you have to remember the Saints still have Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameis Winston was playing fairly well last year before he got hurt. True. Whereas the Falcons have, you know, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Mariota. Um, I can't name a single defensive player for the Falcons. So, yeah, I, I just I can't pick the Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Saints only because I don't have no faith in Marcus Mariota. No. If this was Matt Ryan, I might change my mind. Oh, yeah. If this was Matt Ryan, it'd be a totally different story. But it's not. So let's go to the next round. And this is the funny one. Because earlier this week, new Carolina Panthers quarterback, um, Baker Mayfield, decided to say when asked about the game against the Browns, his direct quote was, I am going to F them up. So the question, Thank you for censoring. Uh, I know. Listeners. Even though I haven't censored anything else. Um, <laughs> the, I, I'm still going Panthers. I think he will F them up, to be honest. Yeah, I, it's, it's tough, man, because the Browns defense – is pretty good. Miles Garrett, I think they still have Jadavian Clowney. And and I do really like Nick Chubb. Um but I I also really like Baker Mayfield and for now Christian McCaffrey is healthy even though apparently he has a shin injury. So I'm going to go Panthers. I think it'll be a close game. I don't think he's really going to f them up. Uh, <laughs> but I do think he's going to get the win. <laughs> yeah. We shall see. That'll be an interesting one. That is my, if I weren't, that's the thing about the, there's so many morning games and the Lions always play in the morning. I don't watch Red Zone in the morning. I always watch just the Lions game and I watch Red Zone in the afternoon games. So there's only like four games for Red Zone in the afternoon games. So if, if this game was an afternoon game, I would probably just watch it specifically, but yeah. That's where we're no, at. I I agree. It, it, there are there are some every every week. There's some games, and I'm like, oh, I'd love to watch that. But yeah, the morning is usually Commanders or or Bears if I'm at my parents' house, and then the afternoon is Cardinals. So, um, you know, I don't get to watch Red Zone very often. Um, my week but, is uh, the Red Zone day. That's for sure. Oh, that's the best day. <laughs> yes, turn on Red Zone all day. I love it. Do. Agree. Um, I don't think there's any question on this one. 49ers at the Bears. I don't care if they were at in Chicago or in San Francisco. The 49ers would beat the Bears. You know, if this was in December in Chicago and it was like cold, I, I would think maybe the Bears had a, a, a chance. Mm. And I I don't I don't agree with all the Trey Lance hype. 
especially having not seen it yet. But they still have Debo. They still have Brandon Ayuk. They still have a great running game. The Bears should be better than last year. I think you forgot someone. Oh, George Kittle. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't think the Bears are ready yet to to win this game. Not their defense is going to be just a question mark. Um. So yeah, I've got to go the 49ers too. I want to go the Bears. I want to do so. I want to just like throw it out there and 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 um you know be be different. Um, yeah. But this is also a competition, so it's like I gotta I you know I don't want to just uh just be different just to be different. I'm also trying to win, which is why I did not say the Falcons. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's an interesting one. Well, how about this? How about this? You switch to the Falcons, and I'll switch to the Bears. All right, I'm down. I'm doing it. All right. <laughs> All right. There we go. We'll, we'll switch it up a little bit. We'll, we'll have right, uh, some differences. It. All right. Um, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh at the Bengals. Um, I would, I'm taking the Bengals. If they were starting Kenny Pickett, I might think differently. Might. <laughs> but uh, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is beating the Bengals at, in Cincinnati. I think this is going to be a more competitive game. Like right now, so I'm on FanDuel right now, and the spread is Cincinnati by six and a half. I don't think Cincinnati is going to blow them out. I think the well, Pittsburgh will at least keep it competitive. I but agree. I think Cincinnati's going to win. And here's 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 why. Everyone's like the Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year, but also think about what the Bengals' record was last year. They didn't blow everyone out of the water and then roll into the playoffs as a like one two seed. Right. They had, they had, they they had, had a hell of a playoff run. run. Like, they were just yeah. a middle-of-the-road team last year. So, the Bengals, you know, there's a lot to prove for the Bengals. And, uh, yes. But at home, against the team starting Mitchell Trubisky, I, I pay, I'm picking the Bengals. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I Like I said, I think it'll be close, but Cincinnati wins. Well, here's a fun one. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles favored at Detroit Lions. Uh well, I'm curious to see where you're going to go as a Lions fan, but I'm going to go Eagles. I am going to go Lions only because they're at home and they're coming off of hard knocks and they feel like they have something to prove. I like it. I I I hope they win. Um I just think the Eagles Everybody's hyping up Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. Um, I personally don't think Jalen Hurts is that good. Well, I don't either, but everybody's talking about him being like an MVP candidate, so we'll see. Jalen Hurts? Oh, yeah. People think he's going to like break out like Josh Allen did or Lamar Jackson did. Like He's going to rush for 1,000 yards and pass for 4,000 and all this crap. Yeah, it's everyone's just I mean, I guess they're expecting A.J. Brown to just go crazy now but i don't know we'll see i I, i'm i wouldn't be surprised if they lost but i feel like watching hard knocks watching everything that dan campbell's preached about setting the tone going out there and doing something i feel like if they lose this game we're gonna have a losing season i feel like if they win this season then they start off on that you know you start pushing a snowball down a hill right I think they just build off it and win. If they don't win this game, it'll be 
a lot of people that are not just Lions fans won't understand this reference, but the the term SOL, it's not shit out of luck. It's same old Lions. So if they lose that first game, we're right back in the SOL. So I I, I got I to gotta root for the Lions to win this one, and I feel like they can. Yeah, I... I... I think they can, and I I want them to, because like you said, coming off of Hard Knocks and like the way the team is is like framed right now, if they win this game, it's it's a huge boost to them just as an organization, mm-hmm. and I I I really want them to. I just don't think they will. I'm not so sure they can do it. It makes sense. Listen, <laughs> I will never fault anyone for not picking the Lions. Okay, so. Uh, next up, you got the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts favored at the Houston Texans. Um, should we even talk about this? I no. I, I, it's like the Falcons. If I ever pick the Texans to win, now granted things could change, and and in Week Ten, the Texans like Davis Mills is the, developed. The Texans could play the Bears, and I could watch d- them be close in ten games and exactly. be like, like, "All right, well, there's a chance Houston wins this game, so I'm going to pick them." Yeah, that that can happen, but odds are, if they're playing a team that's good, I am not picking the Texans unless right. they surprise exactly. me. Because that season that they were trying to tank for Tua in Miami, they were close on a lot of games. By the way, Brian Flores, I have the utmost respect for that guy. Love the guy um, because of the fact that he's like, this team is tanking, but I am not a tanking coach. And he won one games and was close in a lot of games. So whoever the Houston Texans coach is, because I don't even know, if that's the case here in Houston, you could change my mind on picking you if you'd show up. Is, there, is the Texans coach Lovey Smith? Is it? Oh, God. Then I guess I'm not picking them. It is, yeah. Uh, Lovey Smith became coach in February of this year. Lovey Smith. I mean, I like Lovey. But yeah, but you know what's you know what's Chicago. tough about about this uh, week one is is especially hard because we're we're trying to figure out how teams have changed through the draft and free agency. Yeah, we have we, no we, example except preseason. Yeah. Half the teams didn't play their and starters. we still remember them from last year because yeah. I was thinking about this with the Eagles Lions like. I remember the Eagles last year weren't great, but I think they they finished second in the NFC East. But you know they add AJ Brown, uh, you know Jalen Hurts supposedly taking the next step. Those are all the things that are supposed to happen. They're supposed to be better, but there's plenty of times where teams have not turned out to be anything like they were supposed to be. So right, like because the if, Texans, they li- if they lived in a bottle where it was just them, right? Then yeah, they'd be better, but everyone else either got better or worse. So if other teams could have yeah. just got better than they did. Well, because I remember last year, I think it was last year, week one, when the Texans beat the Colts. Was it last year or two years ago? But there was like a game where the, I mean, it was week one and the Texans beat the Colts or, or somebody. And Apologies. it was like they should not have won that game. And then somehow they pulled off a win and it was just the most amazing thing. So, I mean, anything can happen, of course, but... Well, who was the team that um, almost just, went Owen was on their pace to go zero sixteen last season, and then they won that game, and you're like, "Oh my god, it'll still yeah, only just, be the Lions." I can't remember when. Anyways, I'll, I'll move past it. But yeah, um, it's just you know making making picks like the Texans. I say I'm never going to choose them throughout the season, but it's like you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, I know um, I knew what you're yeah. saying. So <laughs> all right, but we'll move on. All right, so next up you've got the New England Patriots 
at the favored Miami Dolphins. This is actually a tough one, man. Um, I was surprised to see the Dolphins were favored over the Patriots. People really love the Dolphins this year. And, I mean, I get it. They've got a lot of talent. But it's like with, with like, Davis Mills. Like, I haven't seen enough out of Tua to be like, oh, yeah, they're going to be great because now he has people to throw to. I mean, it could still be bad. And then the Patriots, I want to, after watching them the preseason, I want to be like, the Patriots are done. They suck. They're terrible. They're going to miss the playoffs, like, finally. But Bill Belichick always seems to figure something out. So, this is a really hard one. Um, gosh. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, though. It is at home, um, and, I, and it's probably going to be hot, which shouldn't be good for the Patriots because they play in New England. So, I'll go with Miami. I'm going to go, like, a field goal difference between these teams and the Dolphins win. Yeah, this is a very close one. This is uh, – yeah, I agree. It's – it is actually the spread is three and a half for Miami, so it is literally a field goal. Game. I agree. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I feel like you can never count on a Bill Belichick team, and I feel like they exactly. still have talent on that team. And preseason, Bill Belichick doesn't care about the preseason. Let's be honest. It, it's no, so, and I, so I just, but the I do feel like the Dolphins have. I feel like Tua is the is the one thing holding that offense back. Not holding it back. Let's say Tua is the one thing I look at that offense and think, if if he can be a good quarterback, then this is a good team. If he's just a mediocre quarterback, then they're just a mediocre team. He, despite having Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Mike Gusecki, like, it's just that's just where they'll sit. So it all comes down to Tua, but in the end, I think since they're at home and these teams are very evenly matched, it's going to be the Dolphins. So uh, next yeah, up, agreed. You have the Baltimore Ravens, who are favored at the New York Jets. Uh, Ravens. I mean, it is Joe Flacco revenge game kind of thing, so that's an interesting take. But I have the Ravens are just a better team i'm sorry joe flacco but you have well i wouldn't say you have nothing to prove but even if you i don't feel like if you won this game you would prove anything so there that's 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 where i'm at um i'm going to ravens as well next up your favorite team the jacksonville jaguars who are not favored at the at washington commanders and I am going to go with the Jaguars. Are you? Wait, what? Because I watched my offense in the preseason and was super unimpressed. The Jaguars are a team on the rise. New coach. They've got a bunch of new players. Trevor Lawrence taking the next step. They signed Evan Ingram. Our defense, our secondary is terrible, especially against tight ends. I, uh, yeah. I, I I have to see the Commanders and Carson Wentz play better to truly believe it's going to happen. Because they played in all the preseason games. Carson Wentz started, played in all three preseason games, and he looked like ass in all of them. And our offense didn't move the ball. Our starting offense didn't move the ball. So I have zero faith in my team going into week one. 
And uh, I, I think the Jaguars are going to be better this year than they've been in the past couple of years. So, yeah, I'm going to go Jaguars. Before I make my pick, holy crap, David Mayo, the guy they signed off a waiver wire after the final cuts, is your starting linebacker? Well, they've got – they play a nickel base more than they play the 4-3. The so they have Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis uh, as their starting two linebackers with five defensive linemen. Um, but Mayo is like the, the number one backup. I was going to say, because he, he's above John Bostick, Jonathan Allen. Like, I was like, what? I didn't, I didn't know John Bostick was still on the team. Apparently he is. He's behind David Mayo, though. That's weird. Um Okay, Chase Young is out. That's what I was looking for because I'm looking at your I'm looking at oh, yeah. your no, no. depth chart, and Chase Young is out for this game. Um, yeah, Chase Young is out. He's on the pup list too. He won't be back to week five at the earliest, and honestly, it seems like he might be out even longer. Um, so yeah, no Chase Young. I I, I I I just need to see it. I need to I need them to prove they need to they need to earn my love again. Like I I still love the team, but. I'm not a blind fan to been like, oh, Commander's going to win every game. I need to see Wentz play better. I need to see our defense be able to stop people. I'm going to pick the Commanders, and I'm going All to right. pick it as um, a high-scoring game. Because I, I, I do not see the Commanders stopping anyone. Well, okay, I take that back. I like... Ha- Cameron Curl, your strong safety is out, according to this. Oh, did not know that. That um, sucks. So it's leaves your back end a little rough. Um, linebackers are still good. Montez Sweat is still playing with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. I feel like the defense is okay, but I just feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored. And I feel like you're – even with Brian out Ryan Robinson, you guys will be able to score points. So we'll see. Well, and that's the thing. On paper, our offense should be able to score points. Like, I look at our receivers, Gibson, you know, and it's like, yeah, with Carson Wentz, like, the offense wasn't terrible last year. You upgrade at quarterback with Carson Wentz, they should be better. But watching the preseason and just thinking, doesn't look better. (laughs) um, I just need to see it happen on the field before I have have faith in them. And I really do think the Jaguars are going to be a much better team than they've been in the past. So No, I think there's – in my head, these are two, like – mid to upper mid teams. I feel like they're like, they're not at the middle. I think they're right above the middle and them playing each other. This is one of those ones where it could go either way, but I'm going to take the commanders because they're at home. So next up, you got the giants at the Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Titans. I, I do think this is, this is an interesting one about the Titans. I mean, Henry is healthy. Um, you know, they traded AJ Brown away. I, I just, uh, with the Giants, I mean, there's all the talk about, well, Barkley's back and he's healthy and they've got a new offense. They're going to throw a lot. But I just, I just don't know if their defense can stop Derrick Henry. Um, and I don't know if they're, if they're really going to be that good to, to score points. So, yeah, I got to go with the Titans. I'll say Titans are a known commodity, the Giants are not. Yeah, and the Titans almost year. made it to the Super Bowl. Yep, the Giants Consistent did not make playoffs. it to the playoffs. So I'm gonna go with the Titans. 
and I'm hoping to see good things from the Giants. But I don't think. Well, I don't think. I don't, I'm not going to say I don't think. I hope to see good things with the Giants. I don't think the Titans I, are I going do. to lose here. I think the Giants are going to be better than I expect them to be. Um, I just don't think they're going to win Week One against the Titans. I, I do. I do think the offense is going to be a lot better, um, but we'll see. All right, big game here because we're both teams of the fans of one of the teams in this one. The Kansas City Ch- Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, before you say anything, I want to point this out, okay? Because I've talked about this already in this podcast. Teams want to pretend like the preseason doesn't matter. We watched Thursday night football. It was sloppy as crap. People don't want to play their players in the preseason because they don't want them to get hurt. The Arizona Cardinals are coming into this game with 11 people hurt without playing their starters. Does it really help? Did it really help? You're still going into your first week with 11 players hurt. It makes yep. no sense to me. Yep. Which Including is why Byron I Murphy. will be picking the Chiefs because the Cardinals cornerbacks might end up being people you've never even heard of. Against our, our secondary was bad enough when everyone was healthy, and then we lose Byron Murphy for this week, and then the other guy who had a great camp. Trayvon Mullen, the guy you traded for, is not playing. Murphy's yeah. out. Did you see the one guy? Um, I don't remember his name. Is I think it was like Antonio something, but he burned himself at home and won't be able to play. And he was having a great camp. He was looking good. But, yeah, our defense, Chandler Jones is gone. J.J. Watts banged up. He may not play. And then we didn't play any of our offensive starters. The Chiefs did. And if you watched yeah, them in the preseason, that's the thing. The they Chiefs looked amazing. They are ready they to They marched go. down the field. I mean, it was ridiculous how good the Chiefs looked in the preseason. I'm picking the Chiefs. I will be at this game. I think it's going to be a massacre. <laughs> I honestly think the Cardinals are going to get blown out. Um, it's, will it's, not be surprised if that is yeah, the case. It's going to be... I'm I'm taking a Chiefs fan, so she will be very excited. <laughs> um, but I I'm I'm a, I just like going to football games. But I have zero hope for the Cardinals in this game. I'm with you, man. I am completely with you on that one. I I just could not believe they have 11 people injured. What? Yeah. And, and and a lot of them are, are people where it's like, yeah, I mean, you talk about Byron Murphy. J. Byron J. Murphy, J.J. Watt, Zach Ertz. Yeah. Like, wh- where, people when we do we need? Rondell Moore. Every, like, all Yeah, their... Rondell Moore, I didn't know. He's just out. All, like, when was he get hurt? They just announced today, oh, he's out for the game. I'm like, cool. Hopkins is, is uh, suspended. Rondell Moore's out. So, A.J. Green is our number two receiver. Maybe Andy Isabella will finally do something. Maybe he game. has his chance. Andy to Isabella do coming out party week one, 2022. Yeah. I it's Greg Dortch might even get some play. That's the crazy part. <laughs> um next up you got the Las Vegas Raiders at the favored Los Angeles Chargers. This one's actually tough. Um, this is a tough one for sure. Yeah, this is I'm I'm still going to go with the Chargers. One, it's at home for the Chargers, and two, they're all around the better team, better defense, better offense. I do think Devontae Adams makes the Raiders better, but the Chargers have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Sony Michelle now. 
Um, and then their defense is super talented too. So yeah, I, I gotta go Chargers. I think the Chargers are gonna be a, are obviously a playoff team this year. They missed it last year. I, I didn't know, not oh, understand my. that last year. They barely missed it. And the oh. thing about the Chargers oh. is, do you their remember that game? Offense is just as good as their def or their defense is just as good as their offense, in my opinion. The people all they have on that defense: Derwin James, Joey Bosa. Like they have a ridiculous defense. Oh, they have Khalil yeah. Mack now? Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm definitely taking the Chargers as well. I didn't even know they got Kyle Van Noy, former Lion, traded to the oh. Patriots, who did was a freaking beast in the Patriots. Nice. Yeah. Asante Samuel Jr. I didn't know they had that. He they got him last year, right? Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's he's really good too. Yeah, they they're just talented on both sides of the ball. That, I love my Chargers. For anyone saying, why are you saying you're Chargers? I lived in San Diego, and they're my third favorite team. Go Chargers. Uh, Packers at Vikings. Vikings are favored. They are, really. Yes. Um, I know the Packers have, like, no big-name receivers, and the one that was supposed to be their number one, Alan Lazard, is is dealing with an injury and may not play. But they still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They still have Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think, again, this is going to be a close one. It's a divisional game. Of course, it'll be close, but give me the Packers. All right. Well, I am taking the Vikings. At home. If, I would love to see the, the Green Bay lose. I mean, I'd love to see them lose every game. But, uh, yeah. I think the Vikings are healthy. I love Dalvin Cook's healthy. Justin Jefferson's healthy. You know. Irv Smith's healthy. Sorry. My tight end. <laughs> Let's go. So, uh, the only person injured on their starting lineup is one of their – is their right end. So, I think they're just – I think I don't. I'm not trying to say the Packers are going to be bad this season. I'm just going to say that in Week One, the Packers are try, going to be trying to figure it out because they're another team that did not start starters. So, yeah. good luck figuring it out. I just uh, it's tough to pick against Aaron Rodgers unless it's against a team that is like super good. And I I just don't think the Minnesota, the Vikings are super good. Like if it, if the if the Packers were playing like Tampa Bay. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I could see. But Well, I was going to say the Vikings uh, were number two in the division last year, but I don't remember their record, and that's hard not to be when you have the Bears and the Lions. So. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that, that division usually has the same fit, like finish every single year. Green Bay, Minnesota, and then Chicago and Detroit will sometimes flip-flop. Yeah, exactly. They were – I went to look because I was curious. They were 8-9 and nine last season, the Vikings. No, not great, but not bad. All right, Buccaneers favored at the Dallas Cowboys in the Sunday night football matchup. Uh, yeah, this is another really tough one. And Dallas is dealing with a lot of injuries to the offensive line, and Michael Gallup's still dealing with an injury. I do think Dallas is, is still there, obviously going to win the NFC East. I just, again, it's tough to pick against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. If Dallas, if Michael Gallup was healthy or I knew more about Jalen Tolbert as their number two, I'd, I would probably pick Dallas at home, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. 
I am going with Dallas. And that is because of the fact that I know it's Tom Brady, but he was not there the entire camp. The entire camp. Right, yeah. He, yeah, he missed the like the whole offseason, basically. Yeah. People think he was on... Mass Singer. Mass Singer. So, well, I guess well, you'll have to But let then it out. came out in the last couple of days that, like, he... Uh, um, I guess it's dealing with like marriage issues. I've also heard that, that they might be getting a divorce. So there's a lot going on there. I I guess the, the decision to unretire made her very unhappy. Understandably, since she forced him to retire in the first place. Well, I mean, who's surprised at that? So, um, last up, you got the Denver Broncos favored at the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think there's a lot of, uh, talk that needs to go here. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna go with Seattle. I, I agree. Uh, Geno Smith what? MVP. Oh, okay. Catton. Um, yeah, you know what's really funny about this game is no. Everybody talks about Baker Mayfield returning to the Browns. I had not even realized till I looked at the schedule that Russell Wilson was going back to Seattle in Week One on Monday Night Football. Monday Night, yeah. Like that's that's crazy. Now, now, I got a question for you. Does Seattle, the, the, the fans in the stadium, do they boo him or do they cheer him? Okay, well, I can only speak as a Detroit Lions fan where Matthew Stafford left us to go to the Rams but never won a Super Bowl in Detroit and would be cheered relentlessly in Detroit. I can only assume that Russell Wilson, assuming the fans are similar, coming back to Seattle after winning them a Super Bowl would be cheered. I assume cheered. I I would assume cheered. I however have met Seahawks fans and I don't I don't think any of the Seahawks fans I've met um appreciates the player as much as they do the organization. At least that's the impression I get. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see. I remember when Brett Favre came back to Green Bay as a Viking, they booed him. And I asked, I, I, like, at the time I asked a Packers fan about it, and they said, well, it's because he's on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. So Russ on the Broncos, they're not a they're not a Seahawks. If he a, came like, back as, a, like, a Cardinal. Yeah, they boo him, understandably. It's like if Stafford showed up in a Bears jersey in Detroit, you'd probably boo him. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So I I really think and hope that he gets cheered by the Seattle because he did great things. He deserves it for them, right? Yeah. Seahawks weren't even on the map. And it's not like he he was like, I I want out, I hate this town, blah, blah, blah. Like, they just – he had a falling out with the coach and and GM. So, you know, they – broke up and it's like it's nothing against the fans nothing against the city so yeah i they better cheer man that guy i i i don't i didn't like him when he was on the seahawks as a cardinals fan but as a quarterback and as a guy off the field i respected him and now that he's on the broncos it's like i love russell wilson nope i'm with you i didn't even like hate him only because cardinals weren't my number one team on the seattle um and see, I only hated him because he was so good for Seattle that it was very frustrating. Like, yeah. that's usually how it goes when I hate players is because it's just, well, you, what you're doing on the field impacts my team negatively, so I hate you. There are very few players that I actively hate them off the field. 
Brick also says that's exactly why he booed Brett Favre. So, and he's a he's we okay. know he's so a Packers fan. So yes, thank you, Patrick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Well, that covers the Week One predictions. There's a few. There's like maybe five games where we both pick different teams. So we'll, there's a yeah. there's going to be some, some differences. differences in the standings come uh, Week Two. Be interesting yeah. to look at that. Um, you had you wanted to talk about some fantasy sleepers for Week One. Just for anyone out there that is still looking, uh, yeah, I just I just had an idea. I was thinking about this. Um, basically, like when you're when you look at fantasy football, I mean, you can look at rankings on every website, and it's it's usually the top ten to fifteen players are the same with just different orders. So I was just thinking, you know, what are some players poised to have big weeks that maybe people aren't necessarily thinking about? Um, so for quarterback, uh, and I talked about this with the commanders, I went with Trevor Lawrence. I really have no faith in our secondary. And I think, uh, with a new coaching staff in Jacksonville, he's going to take big steps forward in year two. And why not start with week one? Um, I think he'll throw at least three touchdowns, maybe more, uh, running back. I actually went with Kenyon Drake and we mentioned this earlier with Drake signing with Baltimore. I know he's listed behind Mike Davis and Justice Hill. He's a better talent than either one of them. I think come Sunday, and Baltimore's done this in the past with running backs where they just randomly use backups. I think Kenny Drake's going to be the starter against the Jets, and I think he's going to have a pretty good day. Um, The Jets' defense, not that great, especially against the run. I think, I looked this up, they they were definitely bottom five last year against the run. So Kenyon Drake could just, if he gets a start or, you know, gets gets a good handful of carries, could break some. Um, you know, he was in Arizona, I remember. He, he's, a, he's a pretty good player. He's got some speed. He's got some breakaway ability. So he could, could, uh, could have himself a pretty good day. Wide receiver, I went with Juju Smith-Schuster. We talked about this with the Cardinals game. Uh, our secondary's banged up and also not very talented. The Chiefs in the preseason played their starters. They looked great. I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. I think this game is going to be a blowout. I think Juju Smith Schuster goes off, especially if Byron Murphy doesn't play. Um, and then tight end going back to what I said about Jacksonville and the Washington, Evan Ingram. We can't cover tight ends to save our life. We haven't been able to cover them for years. Uh, Cam curl, as you mentioned is out. Uh, so yeah, I think Evan Ingram Definitely catches a touchdown. I placed that anytime touchdown bet already. Um, and I think he, you know, maybe goes for, for 60, 70 yards too. So those are just four players. Little lesser known. Like, I didn't want to just be like, oh, you know who's going to have a great year is Javante Williams in week one. Like, of course, everybody knows that. Like, every, the, the top 10 to 15 are always the same. These are guys that, you know, if you're in a deep league or, or you know, if you play daily fantasy and you want to just throw something at the wall and see what sticks, there you go. Um, I'd like to add Sony Michelle. If you're looking for a deep and you're a 16 team league and no one picked up Sony Michelle cause they don't know who he is. Sony yeah, Michelle, he got, he got drafted. <laughs> he might. End yeah. Up I, doing I thought something. about that too. Yeah. He, he actually got drafted in that one. Um, we drafted that on Sunday. I think he'd already signed with the chargers. So ah. somebody, somebody took him, but yeah, I think Sony Michelle, man, the chargers adding him, to an already pretty stacked offense was just pretty incredible. Yeah. Imagine. I was kind of mad that Justin Jackson 
got cut from the Lions. And I remember how good he was as a backup because he got a lot of playing time on the Chargers. And so you know that the backups, even though Eckler's going to Eckler's gonna eat, but that backup still gets playing time. So if Sony Michelle does work his way into that backup role, which I think that judging by what they have, yeah. he's probably already there, you're going to get some good stuff out of him. So. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, we are uh, at the current uh, normal for us at two hours. So, <laughs> you know, I, I thought when we started the, the season that it was going to take longer than two hours, but this actually this worked out. And I then think next we did week, pretty we... well for what we had written here. Like we had the longest yeah. notes we've had yet and still managed to. Uh, well, we won't that, have so. to cover the preseason week three cuts and signings next week. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we can break down games and, and, you know, big stat lines and then preview week two. So, you know, two hours, we won't go any longer than that. Maybe next week will be at like, an hour and a half. I like your wishful thing. I like it. So, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if we're sitting here just talking about the games, we, we could go on. Oh God, we could. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, the good news is you'll be watching either the bears or commanders in the morning and I'll be watching the lions and then we'll both probably will, be I watching will. the Cardinals. So it'll more than likely be recaps of like the news we've seen from the other games and then the Monday and Sunday night football, you know, so. Well, when you're watching the Cardinals, make sure you look for me in the end zone when, when Mahomes throws his fifth touchdown pass. I'll be <laughs> flipping him the double bird, so. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, man. Well, that has been episode four. Thanks, everybody, for coming and listening to the podcast wherever you can find your podcast. If you don't know, you can find us on Twitter at Coffin Corners. You can find us on TikTok, Coffin Corner Podcast. Posted some pretty funny things there this week as far as fantasy uh, jokes go. Go check that out. And you can now find us on YouTube. Just search Coffin Corner Podcast. You'll find us. And I will be reloading these uh, live streamed uh, recordings of the podcast over there on YouTube. If that is what you prefer. Prefer? If that is what you prefer to uh, watch your podcast on. So go check those things out. And for everybody out there, Thanks for listening to us on episode four, and we will be back next week to see how our predictions did and uh, preview week two. Awesome. Bye, everyone. Later.